destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. What's going on? Oh boy. Um. Anime. They announced a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing, so we gotta go back to that well, Larry. Anime? They're making us do it again. Yeah, that's what how is, you say it. What is anime? Uh, it's Japanese cartoons. Hmm. And they're real weird. No, I'm not interested in weird stuff. Are you interested in bizarre stuff? No, I'm not. Well, unfortunately, I'm interested you're going to in have odd to be. stuff. Uh, <laughs> Anime is a kind of odd, because yeah. it's not from America. Well, uh, yeah. they they announced Stone Ocean, uh, part six of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And for people who listen to this, maybe they're aware, maybe they're not. We did a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast where uh, y- you were more familiar with JoJo than me, but I had zero familiarity with it, and so it was like a first time watch through for me. Um, and to an extent for you too, because I know that you are more aware of it, but like you hadn't seen all the anime. I don't yeah, know. I had read it. I hadn't watched the anime. Okay. So, uh, well, because they're doing another season of JoJo, we are going back to that. So, in in the future here, we are going to kind of switch between this podcast and that podcast and no, we deliver. Are. No, once we start, we're between the two. No, once we start, we're going to finish it. Okay, we'll be taking a break from this podcast to go over to that podcast. Yeah, well, it won't take that long. And then we'll come back to this podcast. No, it shouldn't, because we're going to wait until the anime is is all but done before we sit down and do our watch-through, and we'll probably go at, like, four episodes per week or something like that. I will Uh, say... It would be miserable if we did one a week. That would be awful. That would be stupid. There is a very real possibility that, depending on when this happens... um, And like if uh, notable releases come out at the time Then we would still update this Probably shorter episodes No retro corners or something But just like updates of Like while we're playing If it's a big thing Um, But yeah Most of the focus will go over to Stand and Deliver When that's happening But yeah it shouldn't be too long Month and a half I don't know Two months Well now that you said that It's going to be interminable Uh, you, You cursed us well, no, it, because it's only on a certain length. Like the ep- the season's gonna be like what, thirty episodes? Something. It, it should be about the same length as part four and five. It's gonna be great when they announce that it's like a fifty episode long order. Great. <laughs> it's well, gonna it, be awesome. The thing is, in that case, it would be across two years anyway, so we would still just be doing the first half. Yeah, I so. I'm not sure how long Stone Ocean is comparatively. Like I know Jujolian has about been going on. Forever, I want to say Jujolian's like the longest part by this point. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's 
Excuse me. It's consistent with all the other ones. I would assume I, it is. I'm pretty sure it is the same as like part four and five. Um, yeah. Let's look at list of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure volumes, oh, which is boy. a Wikipedia. I'm not going to like name all of them. <laughs> uh, looks like it is 17 volumes. Okay. Uh, I try to remember off the top of my head how many volumes like part four was, but. Um, four is twenty nine to forty seven, so that's eighteen. Okay, so uh, yeah, roughly the same length. Of them. Yeah, part five is forty seven to sixty three, which would be fifteen. So yeah, it's it's basically the same. Okay, between those two, so that's fine. That's doable. But until then, we're doing this. Uh, destroy all children, and then when when we're done with stand deliver, we'll be back to destroy all children. Uh Children always need to be destroyed There's a steady supply of them Steel Ball Run is 24 volumes By the way Oh boy Um, Okay so he started getting long here after that point Jojolian is currently at 25 Ah Christ Rocky I occasionally check back in on Jojolian to try to figure out if they have introduced the main villain yet, because I remember there was a long period of time where they had decidedly not done that. Yeah. Similar to uh, part four, where yeah. like, um, it's great. Kira doesn't show up until like halfway through that thing. So. Kira, not Akira. Whatever. Idiot. Uh, there was other news. Right? Anyway, yeah, if, there was a if thing you want to hear George like uh, freak out and rant about how much he hates Shigechi, uh, go listen to Stand and Deliver. <laughs> oh, he's horrible. He he really he's just is. He's a little he's a little walking tumor. I hate him. He's the worst. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> and then like later on, they had Jonkin the nerve Boy. to replace him with Jonkin Boy, which like might be worse. I I hate Jonkin Boy more. Oh god, a a theoretical Jonkin boy and Ikechi like spin-off Shigechi. manga. So she whatever. I did this in the podcast I too. I can never get it right. It's I don't gonna remember the little wart's name. He doesn't deserve that kind of respect. But they did like thinking... a spin-off manga of like the two of them, it would be the most vile, repugnant thing to ever exist in that media. Like, yeah, Shigechi and Junkin Boy are like garbage pale kids of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure oh, universe. God. Yeah, that is actually a really good equivalent. Like specifically the the garbage pale kids movie where they look extra yeah. gross. Yeah. Oh crap. Yeah, I was just thinking recently, like uh actually just before Stone Ocean got announced. Like, I would like to rewatch Part Four because that's my favorite of all of them. Yeah, Part Part Four is good. I'm still buying that manga as it comes out, and it's yeah. really, really good. Sure. Uh, I do think, I do think now that like I've I've watched all of JoJo as it exists, and I'm now like reading all of the manga. I like the manga way more than the anime. Hmm. Um, just something about that art style, like it gets more. Trying to think of the right word, not necessarily homogenized, but when it ends up on the screen like that, there is more of a consistency to it. Whereas Araki is constantly off model. Oh yeah, in a way that I really, really appreciate. So yeah, I, I like the manga a whole lot. I don't know if I'm going to get part five though. That it's too many books on my shelf. Like I've, I've already dedicated to. a ridiculous amount of space to just JoJo's. You're going to get them probably. Will 
probably will. Think of how much space you devoted to Berserk all those years. And that never went anywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have way too much Berserk, because now I'm doing those deluxe editions, and I still have the entire, like, old volumes sitting up on a shelf right above that, and they take up so much space. I really need to sell them. Anyway, um... Joss Whedon threatened uh, Gal that he'd write dumb dialogue for Gal Gadot as more information about Joss Whedon being a dick comes out to surprise absolutely nobody. Nope. Uh, although, really, mission accomplished, all he had to do was write lines for her to say. Yeah, like, of all of the things Joss Whedon did here, like, that's the one thing that's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Make her look dumb, sure. Yeah. That would take that's just a herculean effort making gal gadot look dumb in a movie right uh-huh yeah anyway uh, <laughs> why is this like the news you decide to lead off with when neither <laughs> of us give a crap about justice league because it fit within like the podcast lore of just ragging on gal gadot for really no good reason <laughs> at all well there are a lot of good reasons actually sure uh, no, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, E3 is kind of the main thing that I wanted to talk about. Electronic 3 took yeah. a year off, uh, coming back stronger than ever. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. Uh-huh. That's certainly a read. Yeah. Uh, it is no longer the Electronic Gaming Expo, or the Electronic Entertainment Expo, I'm sorry. It's the uh, Electronic Entertainment... Oh, I'm blanking on it now. Experience? Experience event? I think it's probably experience. They're rebranding it because it's no longer going to be an in person event. Well, yeah. Fucking took long enough. Uh, It is going to be a digital focused event, uh, as it more or less has been for the last few years, even before the pandemic, just pushing further and further in that direction. Now, the. uh, Everything was just like off site anyway. Like Bethesda was over here in their own arena doing their thing and. Yeah. yeah, Sony's Devolver's making doing these their own crap. Weird concerts with guys playing the the, the big flute for Ghost of Tsushima. Ouya's yeah. bought a truck that they've put just outside of the premises and are yelling through bullhorns. <laughs> the Ouya truck. God. Um. Yeah. So this is going to be more of a digital focused event. Uh, initially, they wanted to charge a premium for people to access certain elements of the event, and then people within uh, you know, whatever committee is planning E3 this year, there was enough pushback within there for them to scrap like the paid initiative that they were trying to develop, uh, which is probably a good thing. Um, because E3 is something you could experience for free already on the internet for like well over a decade by this point if sure. they then shifted to where some of that was locked behind a paywall that would be fucking miserable i think the idea we, was that the paid stuff would be for like demos and things and like that might be okay if it's specifically so i can get like game content to play i would maybe pony up some money for yeah, that but like, like if they were like these like someone is playing this game and they're doing a demo of it but this demo is like a behind closed doors thing. You can't access it unless you pay us. I mean, I'd be less interested in no, that. No, I think the idea was that it was going to be exactly like the um, Blizzard does that with BlizzCon, I think. 
They have like a digital ticket thing that gets you stuff. I don't know, Overwatch skins or whatever. I think that was the idea. But I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, it's dead now. In any case, yeah. they. This news broke that uh, this is what they were planning, but also that they were probably not going to go uh, either all in on that or they weren't going to do it at all. And then like within an hour of the story breaking, like the people behind E3 put out a statement and they were like, yeah, it's all free. Like, yeah. it, everyone can get at the same content. There's not going to be a pay gate. It's free. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, and also, as part of this, we have gotten kind of the lineup of who is going to be at E3 and a noteworthy inclusion is Konami. Yeah, uh, I wonder why. I mean, they couldn't. So I looked at this and said, hey, Konami is going to be there. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to do yeah. anything. Yeah, just like when you said, yeah. oh, there's no way they're going to announce a Final Fantasy 16. Even though, here's the thing, like, the Silent Hill thing is real and Akira Yamaoka has been talking about it in interviews. And also Konami yes. just launched a merch shop, like, a month ago. Yes. But also, hear me out on this. It's Konami, and I just have zero expectation that even though they're working on Silent Hill, that they're going to show anything about Silent Hill or even talk about Silent Hill. Oh, they they can will. just as easily, like, trot out some dumb shit that has nothing to do with that. I think I think you're not going to see anything substantial about it, but there will be an announcement. I think instead they'll do some dumb crap where it's like, hey, we're doing Castlevania 99, and then that's it. Like how they had the uh, Turbo Graphics thing that they trotted out the last time when people were expecting something more than just like a mini console. And I, that's um, all they had to show. I would say that I would be into Castlevania 99 and then I remember how bad Mario 99, whatever oh, yeah. it was, was. Uh, and yeah. it would probably be exactly the same thing. So, yep. no thanks. Yeah, I don't think I'd be too into that. Um. I don't know. I, they could show Silent Hill. I don't doubt that they're working on Silent Hill. It's just also Konami. I don't have any expectation that they'll show Silent Hill at that thing. I do. Who if do you they, if they do, it? I'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, we already did that before, didn't we? I said it's Miyamoto, of course. Oh, right. I yeah. forgot they announced that. At the end of the game, you have to shake the hands of all the red skeletons that you blowed up. Red skeletons? Yeah. In Castlevania? I'm we sorry. About Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. I just like Castlevania. Well, yeah, me too. You had to shake the hands of all the pyramid heads that you killed. Well, hey, speaking of Castlevania. There you go. Yes? <laughs> you didn't have this written down for news? No, I did you not. You being the game preservation freak, like always talking about leaks and uncovered rare yeah. things. Well, somebody found a. Like some sort of alpha build of Castlevania Resurrection for the Dreamcast Which is interesting yeah. Apparently music for this game has already been out on the internet before this I, I guess news to me I didn't know Someone in a YouTube comment was just like I listen to this like the soundtrack What little there is of it all the time And it's now crazy to see like actual footage from the game yeah. So I didn't know that that was a, a thing that already existed uh, I don't think I've ever even heard of this until now I haven't so I, never knew I did about not it. know there was a yeah I I never knew about this lost Castlevania game but uh there's so far like a video of this guy he uses like a boot disc on the Dreamcast followed by the actual like prototype disc for the game and just uh 
it, obviously incomplete. It seems like you can't take damage in the game. Like yeah. he's just walking on lava, and, and it's you, no you can deal. maybe not even attack in it. I don't think like you can kind of just walk around. Yeah, uh, and he can bounce between different areas of the game by entering like a very simple debug menu. Um, it seems neat though. Like graphically, I like what it's doing. It looks like it has a, a neat visual style to it. Uh, more so than Castlevania sixty four. That's for damn sure. I mean, it kind of looks like the PS2 Castlevanias that came out. That yeah, kind of. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't think those are bad looking games. No, not really. Or that they don't. They don't play good is the problem. Yeah, which I think this like, one probably would not have either. But it's still neat yeah. to see it. It, it. Yes, it is still neat to see this thing actually moving in action and documented to some degree. Uh, with any luck, the guy actually dumps the disc and just puts the ISO out there, but. Who knows, there's been plenty of times where weirdo collectors buy up betas and prototypes and games that are otherwise unseen, and they don't even go as far as to show people the amount that this person has showed us, let alone dumping it. So, what about that guy who had the Xbox 360 dev kit and just did nothing with it, like just made it into his personal console? An asshole. Yeah. Is what that guy is. Yeah. Or just stupid. Like, yeah, possibly. Those or are like dumb. the two options. There are so many like actually reputable YouTubers in that scene specifically that would be willing to pay for you to send them the disc, dump it for you, document it in a video, and then send your disc back. Yeah. And like I know that there's still the risk that like, well, in the process of mailing it, it could get lost or damaged. And like that's definitely a risk. And there's some cases where people are close enough that they'll just drive the item over instead, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but like even if you don't have the means to do it, there's other people who do have the means that you can trust to do it. Like there's a pretty good group of people out there who are well known and trustworthy for that stuff. Um. So yeah, I I will be curious to see whether or not that disc actually gets dumped. I hope it will, but there's plenty of times where that has not happened, so I'm worried that it won't. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. Like, I guess if it doesn't, eh, you've already seen it. At least that's better than a lot of cases where you'll just like hear something about it, maybe see a picture yeah. of a cart with, like, Turok 5 written on it in marker. <laughs> and then never see anything else about it Well I would also hope that If, if they're not going to dump it At least hook up actual capture gear Or something and, and get footage that's pulled directly off of it Rather than pointing a camera at a TV I get like the, the point of doing that in that video Is to show like this is legitimate Here's the disc yeah. it's booting up Yeah. So like that that definitely has its purpose But but yeah I Look I'm selfish I want to see more of it well, I mean I, I, I like Castlevania else, I like betas You could probably run that on an emulator Anyway, right? Possibly. There's there's always the chance that it being a beta, it could have unforeseen emulation issues. That's something that is kind of seen in that deluge thing that came out on um, Hidden Palace. Okay. Because like there's there's a few games on there where they know like this is a legitimate like it's a beta disc. It boots up on hardware, but it does not boot up through an emulator. Or like this has issues on an emulator that it does not have on hardware, so it's possible that it could not work in something like an old DC. 
maybe it will though i don't know wonder why that is is it like the emulators like sort of checking for file integrity and there's something in them that doesn't pass muster well, or something so in that video you saw that the guy had to put in like a boot disk first yeah. To to get the DC into like a certain mode to run the actual disc, so I think that would probably be the issue. Is without something like that, it maybe doesn't know how to read that disc. Could be. Uh, it might not even know how to read the ISO for that matter. Um, whether or not that little like boot disc thing that he put in is itself emulated is, I I have no idea. But that seems like it's tricking the Dreamcast into doing something that is outside of its normal spec. And so whether or not an emulator even knows how to do that is something else that I would be curious about. I thought it was just so, because it was just like a regular burn disc and not a sort of pressed GameCube or a Dreamcast one. Um, I'm not, I'm not I, sure I what that disc was that he put in exactly. Part of the thing with Dreamcast was that it had zero copy protection and you could very easily get around it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's basically what that is. Yeah, and that makes me wonder too if maybe the Dreamcast just is better about that stuff because its copy protection was non-existent yeah maybe i don't know i have no idea i just want to see more of the castlevania game <laughs> that's all i care about that and i i do think it's just good to have it preserved and backed up because like disc rot is a thing that copy that guy has it's not going to last forever so it really needs to get backed up even if he's not going to share it it needs to get backed up sure is that it for news that's it for news. news. Um, before we get into what we're playing, though, I think we should talk about what we're watching. Because uh, I, for the first time since this horrible pandemic began, watched a brand new movie the day it came out. And it was uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. And I watched it on HBO Max, of course. Uh, and it was one of the most wonderful experiences of quote-unquote going to the movies that I have ever had in my life. I was able to start it up at my leisure. It didn't matter what time I wanted to watch this movie. I could just sit down on a very comfortable couch instead of a stiff like movie theater seat. I was able to eat whatever I wanted from my kitchen. Yeah. Uh, instead, I, I like ate out. I, I went and got Mexican food. Uh, just eating, biting into a big ass like carne asada burrito while watching this movie, which is amazing. It's way better than fucking movie theater popcorn. And like I, I could get up like halfway through the movie if I needed to go do something else. It was amazing. I didn't have anyone near me breathing all my air and like laughing or being on their phone or trying to like get get their kid to stop crying. No old people squeaking Th straws in and out of their cups. Yeah, oh god, it was the best, Larry. This yeah. is what movie watching should be. Yeah. I don't ever want to go back to a theater ever again. Me either. It was a wonderful little experience that I had, and the movie was very good. Yeah, it was okay. I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked it. I don't think it's my favorite out of the MonsterVerse, no. but I, I enjoyed it. No, Kong Skull Island's Kong the best. Kong Skull Island, yeah, that's probably the best one. Um... So, like, I, the thing that I like about it specifically is that if you compare it to the first Godzilla that they put out, it is definitely following the same trajectory that the original Godzillas did. Where, like, the first one is relatively grounded. You know, all the shots are more to the scale of the people and not the monsters, which ends up giving the monsters more of, like, this kind of imposing stature. 
Gravitas. Movie, Gravitas, yeah, that's, that's a better way of putting it. Um, and it, it's got more of like, it's more self-serious at that point, right? I guess and so. And then you get to you get to this current one, and it's monkey punch lizard in the face, and the humans are in flying cars, and they're going to hollow earth. Yep. To get space rocks. The thing is, again, this is just mirroring the trajectory of the original movies. Like the first Godzilla that's, yeah, is very grounded, um, yeah. and it's all about the people. You see Godzilla for maybe ten minutes or so of that movie, uh, and yeah. then as it goes on, it's more about it's the Godzilla show. Now he's gonna fight this thing, and those are yeah, less great. interesting I, I, to me. Sure. But I am more interested in them in the monster verse. Like that's landing harder for me than the original like Showa era Godzilla was. Um, those are just I they've never really struck a chord with me. I guess. Um, uh, but like I do one... like that it's following that trajectory. I like that the main bad guy's lair looks like it takes place inside of some jerk off's three thousand dollar liquid cooled PC. Yeah. Like, there's just liquid cooling pipes running all over the place. <laughs> Everything is neon lit for absolutely no reason. It seems like it'd be a real pain in the ass to work there, actually, because the lighting is so bad. I, uh... Everything related to the people in this movie I hated. Is the thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they're all... Somehow, even ones that have... That were, like, fine actors in the previous movies have forgotten how to act... Which is odd yeah. uh, The bit with the podcaster guy And what's her name And the kid from Deadpool 2 Is uh, all terrible um, Yes They have Lance Reddick there For three seconds of screen time <laughs> In two he's lines building the, He's building the opening credits too yeah. Is my favorite part Because I was just anticipating Lance Reddick For the whole movie Yeah me too and He shows up and he reads one line And that's it he's gone Literally three seconds Like a camera pans yeah. across And you see him And that's it Like one of and his two lines Is off camera Yeah he's just like This is what I was fearing And then that's it That's all he um, has to say um, No he says two things He says something about Like whatever yeah. Mumbo jumbo They're talking about And then sure. yeah um, but that's great because also I thought he was in like the original Godzilla or the 2014 Godzilla or something and that like they were bringing him back, but apparently not because I thought like, oh, if he's in here and that's it, then he must have been in a previous one. And so I had just assumed I just forgot he was in that. No, they brought him in that's for that. Just... Here's Lance Reddick. Apparently all of his stuff got cut out is the thing. <laughs> Where's his iconic monster verse role? Release the Reddit cut That's what I say Yes There Look There's at least like 30 minutes worth of human bullshit In this movie That could get cut out And replaced with Lance Reddick Exactly yeah. Like Really they should just remove Like all of the podcast guy And the Millie Bobby Brown Because none of that matters at all Like Actually, It has Larry, zero impact on anything the standard runtime of a movie nowadays is two and a half hours, so really you should just leave all that stuff in and then also put all the Lance Reddick stuff in, and then you would have a normal movie and it wouldn't be like a TV movie or a kid's movie or a rom-com. Yeah, okay, sure. I don't know if you saw that thing, but that was yes, my I favorite. Did. Okay, so my favorite yeah. instance of tw film Twitter is fucking stupid. Is... I'm, well, no, that's Snyder Cut Twitter is the thing Okay Like, everybody Stop. involved in that was, like, Snyder Cut universe. freaks Who yeah. always think, like, 
like that's the same thing with this movie now they're like oh he had like five hours of footage need to release it all because the Snyder cut has deluded people into thinking you have to use every part of the Buffalo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even, even though like the whole point of that thing was like the director at this going like, no, this is exactly the cut of the movie that I wanted to have. Like this is, and it it comes in at like an hour and 15, 50 minutes, which is like just about perfect for me because I am like getting real sick of sitting my ass down and devoting nearly three hours to a single movie. I don't like two hour movies. It could have been shorter is the thing. There's absolutely stuff they could have cut out of this. I want them 90 minutes or two and a half or three. 90 minutes is ideal for me. Yeah. I don't like two hours. It just feels odd. It's like two. Mm. Yeah. I thought you liked odd movies. I like oddness in general, mm. um, which is why I like we'll that talk this about one has odd in a little bit. Um, which is why this one has Hollow Earth and Kong ripping off a flying lizard skull and cracking it like Stone Cold. Hell yeah! Which Just is drinking good. all the Nickelodeon gack out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Kong is the protagonist of this movie, which is not yeah. what I was expecting exactly, but it was very good. Wait, what, they gave a lot of pathos to that big monkey. What were you expecting? Did you think Godzilla was going to be the hero? No, I was expecting like actually to really like hoist more of that responsibility onto a human character. Oh, that was going to be like whoever in... wins, we lose. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like in in King of the Monsters, like Godzilla is kind of the protagonist of that thing, but they still give like a really disproportionate amount of the time to the human characters. Yeah, and Although so I thought it was going I to be also say more of the, like that stuff was much better than it is here. Yes, it is. Um, the the last bit of stuff with like Sarah Sabo in that movie is is pretty good, but yeah. Yeah, I was expecting more of that. Like they they would give the protagonist role to a human character, and a lot of this like monster stuff is it's still the reason you come to the movie, but it's kind of like characters are more concerned about what's going on in the background than you sticking with the monster as much as you do in this movie. Um, it's also just weird that considering this is like essentially the Avengers of this franchise that they. Uh... They just came up with new human characters and brought in the old ones, but just short, sort of shoved them off to the side, like Kyle Chandler. Well, yeah, it's, uh, instead, it's like, here's it's Rebecca weird. Hall and Alexander Skarsgård. It's weird, because, yeah, there was a whole thing about like the villain of the last movie uh, getting Ghidorah's skull. Yeah. And then you think, like, oh, they're setting that up, like he's going to do something with that. And it's like, no, I guess at some point he just sold it to this other guy who then did something with it. Yeah weird it's it's weird yeah um but like it's monkey hit lizard and there was a winner and that is pretty much the only expectation i had for this thing and also mecha godzilla shows up at some point and that's not really a spoiler because if you have even half of a brain and you're paying attention to the first five minutes they pretty firmly establish that there is a Mecha Godzilla somewhere in this movie. I think it's really like, oh, funny. something's going down to this robotics lab. I don't know why Godzilla is attracted to it, but he this, is. This guy saw a giant eyeball. Wonder what that could be. Um, uh. I uh, I thought it was really funny how they are so dedicated to like minimizing uh, the destruction of Godzilla, like making sure you don't think he's terrible. That they're like, oh, when he destroyed this entire facility, it uh, killed like eight people. 
That was he was it. being very careful. He was looking down and just making sure, like, I don't want to step on anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a surgical precision with the atomic breath. That's right. On that Godzilla. Oh, it is really uh, cool when he drills down to hollow earth with the late the yes. atomic breath. And, and then despite the fact that, like, hollow earth is way underground, Godzilla looks up. Or Godzilla looks down and King Kong looks up and they see each other yeah. through this gigantic hole. Uh-huh. There's that's the stuff that is like this movie is like exactly at the right level of dumb because there's also like a bit where Godzilla gets a good hit in on King Kong and they just do this close-up shot of Godzilla smiling. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is perfect. Like at the end of the movie. Spoilers at this point, because I want to talk about one thing at the end of this movie. When Godzilla and Kong are parting. And they kind of have this moment where they look at each other. <laughs> this like movie was so Furious fucking dumb. 7. I was almost exactly. This movie is so dumb. I almost expected Godzilla to look back and give like a slight nod to King <laughs> Kong and then jump into the ocean and swim away. Uh, I was telling uh, Danny, a person we bring up on this podcast a lot. He's a big fan of Metroid. He's a huge fan of Godzilla. I was telling him the the exact amount. If, if this were my movie, the amount of dumb I would have got with it would be like when King Kong gets knocked down by Mechagodzilla. Godzilla comes up and he extends his little dumbass T-Rex arm and like helps King Kong up to his feet with it. Yeah. <laughs> would have been perfect. So it was very dumb, but they didn't go like as dumb as I would have gone with it. But on um, the other hand, they do have King Kong using an axe with like a piece of Godzilla fin on it as the blade, which yes. is really good. There's a bit where King Kong dodges the atomic breath like it is a action movie bailout where like yeah. the character has to jump into the air with an explosion behind him. It's it's really good. Uh, I actually thought that the plot of this thing would be different than what it was. Too, I kind of thought they would go into a different direction with it that would have been kind of touching on something that is more interesting to me, but I thought it would be that like, okay, so Godzilla goes away for like three years, right? He defeated all his enemies. Great. Imagine how good... That's right. Imagine how big of a business it would be three years ago in the movie's timeline to be going in and rebuilding full cities. Yeah, sure. And then to suddenly have that business dry up. Mm-hmm. So maybe you got this evil corporation that they've made all their money going back in and fixing everything Godzilla and the other monsters have destroyed. And now their, you know, their profit margins are getting cut because Godzilla is not destroying cities anymore. So they have to fabricate something to get Godzilla to start destroying shit again so they can make their money. Oh, I was thinking I thought that's how they say, like make a mecha Godzilla disguise it as regular Godzilla to destroy stuff and then that can... is what I thought they were going to oh, do with okay. it. And then and then like Monarch would enlist the help of King Kong to the defeat Monarch. this Godzilla and then it would and then it would get revealed that oh no it was mecha Godzilla the entire time because like real Godzilla shows up to save King Kong or something like like that's the direction yes. I thought the movie was going that, to go in. That was also what I thought because the trailer has the thing yeah. where it's like Godzilla's hurting people and we don't know why and so yeah I thought mecha Godzilla was disguised as regular yeah. but no he was just trying to stop them from making mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Which means he was still hurting people. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Hey, only eight. Um, it was fine. Yeah. It was. It's okay. If it's under ten people, it's all right. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I recommend it if you have an HBO Max subscription. 
check it out. I think it's only up there for about a month and then they're taking it down. Yeah, all of their theatrical release things are for a month. Yeah, I, that's the one thing about this I don't like. Just, like, just leave it up. Just watch it. It's a month. You can't find time within a month to watch it. Here's, Who cares? Here's here's what upset me about HBO Max. I had it Beavis and Butthead do America because I was like, oh, they got that. I've never seen that movie, and I didn't realize that was one of the things that was going off of the service come April. And so when I sat down to watch it a few days ago, it was already gone. I... So instead, I watched Kong Skull Island, which I also had not seen, and that's easily the best of the MonsterVerse movies. That's really you ha- good. You hadn't seen that till now. I hadn't seen that. No. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Um, they should have brought John C. Riley back. He should have been like cryogenically frozen, and like <sighs> get him out so he can be the one to talk to Kong or something instead of the tiny girl who looks like Zendaya. He should have like jumped off a building with that samurai sword and stabbed Godzilla <laughs> in the back with it. <laughs> been perfect. You, you just want him um, to be Yajirobe. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. He cuts off Godzilla's tail. Uh-huh. That's what stops him. Um. Yeah, like, I I never saw it because I actually have kind of an aversion to King Kong, and the reason I have an aversion to King Kong is, to this point, the only movies I saw with King Kong was the original one, which I, look, I get it, it's a very important movie, I kind of think it's boring, and it definitely yeah. doesn't hold up. No, uh, I mean, it was a special <laughs> effects showcase in, like, 1934 or whatever. It has incredible significance to film. Yeah. And I understand and I respect that. I personally find it unwatchable. Yep. Uh, and then I saw the Peter Jackson one, which is somehow even more unwatchable than the original Godzilla. It's just an interminable mess. Like, talk about not being able to sit down and stomach a three-hour-long movie. Holy shit, that thing. It's just so bloated and awful. You don't like the original so, Godzilla? Like... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking about um, King Kong. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you said it's more unwatchable than the original Godzilla. I was surprised at how good no. the original Godzilla was when I watched it a few I, years ago. I have never actually seen the original Godzilla. It's also on HBO Max, and so I intend to like this weekend. Mm. But like, I've not, I've not seen it yet. Just make sure it is um, like the actual original one and not the Americanized version with Raymond Burr. That one sucks. Oh, yeah. I should probably check and see which one they have up. I would hope it's the original one. Probably um, is. I feel like the American one doesn't really get much play these days once people realize, oh, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the Peter Jackson King Kong, I can't stand it. I, I don't like the original King Kong. So I, I just like kind of had this like King Kong's kind of been built up for me as just this really kind of boring giant monster thing. So like I when they put Skull Island out, I was like, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care about like, King Kong. I like the Peter Jackson King Kong actually, but like Skull Island's easily the best. He uh, he stomps one well, doesn't stomp. He crushes Samuel L. Jackson. It's just like that bit <laughs> in Great right. White Sea. What was what it? Yeah. Great. What's it called? Deep Blue Sea. I Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. 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 It, Kong Skull Island's fantastic. I I think though that you can level the same criticism against that that you can uh, Godzilla vs Kong though, and that a lot of the human characters are pretty uninteresting. Nah. Except I like, like more. got John Goodman. I, I, I th- a lot of the human characters I think just kind of exist. It like mostly Tom, not Tom Holland. Hiddleston. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Thank you. All the Marvel people have just blurred together into one <laughs> horrible pastiche for me. 
Um, you see that Loki trailer? Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, that that does look good. Hey, guess um, what? You what? like Doctor Who because that's just Doctor Who. Oh, I disagree. Um, <laughs> okay. I Tom Hiddleston's character and uh, Brie Larson's just they they feel so flat to me in that movie. Yeah, kind of. And but... they're given kind of too much screen time. Like Samuel Jackson's character is good. I like John Goodman, although he's not really in it that much outside of like the first few scenes. Not really. Uh, and of course, John C. Riley like kind of steals the show in that yeah. thing. He's terrific. Uh, but everyone else just kind of like exists in that thing. They don't really feel like they have much of a character arc well, at all. Like Reed Larson and Tom Hiddleston, they start that thing and end that thing relatively in the same place that they were. Kind of. But the thing is, like, it's all about them going on this island and running away from yeah. lizards and all of this stuff. And so, like, you have to have something. Like, you have to have characters that can be threatened by that. That's the thing with Godzilla vs. Yeah. Kong. It's like. They're kind of just running around and they don't really do anything of the plot and they're barely in danger anyway because you're mostly yeah. just watching Godzilla and Kong fight. And so, whatever. Um, but yeah, I like Kong Skull Island a lot. I like yeah, John really Goodman good. a lot. I like John C. Riley a lot. I like Samuel L. Jackson a lot. You put all these forces together with Big Monk and, of course, you're going to have a good time. I like all the MonsterVerse movies. I think the first Godzilla is maybe the hardest one to go back and watch because it takes fucking forever before you see Godzilla in that thing. It was such a slow burn up to that point. And it's I also think it's weird too... because it's a uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are married. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I also think it's to that movie's disadvantage to kill Brian Cranston like yes, twenty minutes. That's the picture. that's the biggest mistake of that movie. You yeah. could have had Brian. They obviously did not expect to be doing any more of these, because they could have had Brian Cranston in all of them. Yes. In fact, he, you know, he should have been the thread should, that holds all these together on the human level. They should have just brought him back. Like, who cares? Like, he was just he was caught in yeah. that nuclear radiation or whatever. Just do a Spock. Bring him back. <laughs> it turned him. It turned him giant. <laughs> that, that would be good. Back to his Power Rangers roots. Just turn him into Zordon. Big, yeah, big ass Brian Cranston comes in to break up the fight between Godzilla <laughs> and Kong. He's like, "No, you idiots! There's a Mecha Godzilla." But he's like in his underwear and hairy, like he was on Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle. That's right. Well, no. No conventional clothing is going to fit him at that point. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Exactly. You should be. It should be entirely hair. There's just so much of it that you don't <laughs> see anything. Like Kong. <laughs> that's right. Oh, well, that, that's he it. is Kong. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Kong sees him and feels like a kinship with him. Like, he, he's a fellow <laughs> hairy primate. And he's like, ah, we are simpatico. They should, he, they should have found him in Hollow Earth like that. And then they're like, Brian Cranston, what were you doing down? And he's like, I got irradiated and I grew big and I just scurried into this hole. Yeah. He's cracking open skulls and drinking the juice. No, they find him like in that throne room. He's sitting on that throne oh, surrounded God, that by been perfect. corpses. Yeah. Yes. Oh, battles long since fought. Uh, <laughs> the shaman king of hollow earth brian cranston yeah god that would have been good i retroactively hate this movie because it's not the movie i wanted it to be there's no giant brian cranston godzilla doesn't help king kong get up bullshit brian Lance cranston, has one scene giant D and shaman 
<laughs> uh, yeah, th- so they said that this might be the end of the MonsterVerse. It depends on how well this one does. I think they're Very going well. to make more of these movies because it, it's been the highest performer of the pandemic, which, yep. you know, it had like a $10 million opening, which it's as far made as pandemic like, numbers go is amazing. Oh, it's more than that. It's made like $200 million so far, I think. I thought that's worldwide. It is, but still, like... Okay. That's a lot Domestic, for a I think movie it was at this just point. 10 million. Y- yes. Um, but I think it's important to draw that line between international and domestic because there's a lot of places internationally that have returned to normal. Well, yes, uh, that's true. Not not so much in the United States. But a 10 million opening like locally for pandemic numbers, again, is still pretty is, good. I think even domestically, I'm pretty sure it made more than 10 it did. Okay. But I would have to look. Um, but if they do another MonsterVerse movie, I think, obviously, they should have Godzilla Jr. so they can finally capitalize on the Baby Yoda craze. Because, uh, oh no. You know, it's a little weird that they haven't, honestly. Like a cute little tiny Godzilla. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it for what we're watching. I just wanted to bring that up. I didn't That's expect it. to get that deep into it. I just really wanted to like lay some praise onto being able to watch movies on HBO Max. Yeah, it's that nice. are brand new and not having to go to the theater. It's yeah, it's go watch a wonderful Dunk? experience. Sure. Okay. I'll watch everything now. I'll watch it all. Okay. Watch Black Widow when that comes out in July. Well, that's on Disney Plus, and also you have to pay. Oh, hold on. Thirty dollars. I'm sorry, I just got an update on my phone. Black Widow has been delayed to August. I mean, that's only a month. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's what I really hope they don't do, is they start the Disney Plus thing of, like, you're already paying for the subscription, now you have to pay extra to watch this one movie. I really don't want to have to do that. It's also I'd rather just, just pay for the subscription service. It's weird because they'll but just say up front, this is going to be on the regular subscription in like three months. So yeah. unless you really, really need to see it now, why would you pay? Yeah. But I still feel that's the direction they'll go with it. Like if Disney proves that model works, all these other like streaming services, they'll just adapt to that model. Uh, there was already that patent out of that camera that sees how many people are in the room and then charges per head. Yeah, so, it's a good idea. They're they're going to try to they're going to try to get their money. Uh, I've been playing more of Evil Genius Two. Uh, that mm. game has some balance issues. It turns out. Um, how's that? Well, so for one thing, you can make the bases a lot bigger than before, which I was not aware of at the time. You can have multiple floors for your bases, Ooh. which is cool. The issue is, apparently, in order to counteract that, uh, you have to make a lot more of everything. Because, like, generators, you have to make... I just have, like, half of my first floor is basically all generator room. Because, like, one generator can power, like, two computers. Um, and also vaults. In the first game, your vault determined, like, how much money you could hold. It was basically just square footage. Now you have to actually build items in the vault to hold the money. Uh, And it's like, you spend 5,000 on this case, like a rack of gold cases or something, and that can hold like $3,000. 
it's just weird like you keep having to build this stuff otherwise you're filling up and I don't know I feel like this is going to get changed in a patch actually a lot of yeah. this is um, that's weird though that they did not notice before release that the game would be that imbalanced well weirder still is the fact that the valets are not doing anything uh, so for people not aware of the franchise like you're building an evil base like in a mountain or whatever and you have a front which uh, in the original game was a hotel in this one it's a casino and you have certain minions who are valets who go out in the front and they will sort of distract agents and uh, they sort of like lower their morale or whatever until they leave uh, but in this one my valets just have zero interest in distracting agents like they spend most of their time I think the issue is that their I think it's morale is the stat uh, drains so fast just from working that they spend all of their time like moving between the roulette tables and going to sleep or eating or something and this so, just sounds like when I worked as a valet I don't know if I ever valet? told you that no yeah, kind, sort of yeah so my dad owned a valet company is the thing <laughs> okay it was, like reasonably successful uh so when i was much younger uh let's say not quite at the legal age to work a job yet my dad made me work for his valet company washing cars uh, but i mostly would just sneak into the office building and steal like the the donuts that they would put out for like the businessmen cool i would just like grab the whole plate of them and just sneak off with it like every day and uh-huh. sit around and eat donuts and not, not wash cars so i sympathize with your valet company's work <laughs> ethic well either way uh it's kind of an issue when then they don't distract like hammer investigators and then they just wander into the base and start killing people um i, I drove a guy's like porsche one time <laughs> Well, that's cool. I don't know if I don't know if it was exactly a Porsche. It was like a very nice, like rich guy car, and there was like the guys like running the actual valet were just like, "Hey, do you want to go park it?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I was like fourteen, maybe thirteen years old, driving it around. It's a miracle I didn't crash the thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so, I'm sorry. So anyway, I, <laughs> this, I you got me reminiscing. I built the valets like a mini uh, barracks and mess hall sort of close to the casino area in hopes that then they would spend less time running back and forth to the middle of the base. Uh, Sometimes the agents just kill the valets because they feel like it, uh, which they're not supposed Mm. to do. That also reminds me of my dad's valet. That was happening all the time. It's also funny because the agents are supposed to be collecting evidence. Like, that's the whole thing, is that they would collect it, leave, and then it would raise your heat level. But they'll just, like, go in and kill a valet and then take a picture of the body, and that counts as evidence. It's like, dude, you just wandered into a <laughs> casino and shot someone. What's wrong with you? Um, But, yeah, so I, I tried, like, doubling the amount of valets. Like, I have three of them for each roulette table, and they still are not doing anything to actually distract the investigators um Mm. it's just it's weird also super agents will wreck your entire base they'll just like teleport in and just like start destroying everything and killing like 50 guards i'm I'm imagining it though as a guy teleports in just like grabs a computer monitor and throws it on the ground yeah and starts kicking stuff over like that kind of destroying things just throwing a tantrum kind of I mean, they sort oh, of do. Pretty good. Um, okay. 
but yet I guess it's accurate to like Pierce Brosnan, James Bond, or something like just yes. running in there and sliding around and shooting everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very annoying, and I hope they fix this because it's causing problems. Like the core of it, I still really like, and I think they got it right for the most part. It's just they need to tweak some values here and there. There was a uh, another game you were playing that really needs to get fixed, right? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to segue for you. There, what? there was something with online that wasn't working properly. Oh right, what yes. Was the name of it? Outriders, Outriders, the yeah, newest which game is from. Plus, I think something that you were trying to play more, or that you were playing it more like you're trying to play it. Well, I've been playing it in single player, but yes, the multiplayer okay. does not work as far as I'm aware. I haven't tried it in a couple of days, but. I was not able to match with anyone successfully, and I feel like that's a game that would benefit from that a lot. I do still like it in single player, like the combat's fun. Um, newest game from People Can Fly, the people behind Painkiller and Bulletstorm, games I like a lot. Uh, this one is a third person uh, sort of cover shooter type thing. It's a Destiny style uh, schlooter, as they call them. Oh god, that um, sounds horrible. Yeah, it does. That's um, like when you say Gert instead of yogurt. I hate that. I'm just slurping some Gert, bro. Oh, God, um, no. But, oh. uh, yeah, it, I think the core of it, again, is good. It's just it, the multiplayer needs to work. Um, especially, I feel like, if you... Some Gert. I feel I'm like sorry. if you spec a certain way, like a support... Thankfully, you can respec for free anytime you want. But mm. there are probably ways you could... Kind of screw yourself over. Wait, so is this the game that you show me the picture of? It's like this is my room, and you put the picture of Jeff Goldblum up in there. <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> what is that? That's House Flipper. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's what? not at all. No. I thought that was like maybe you had like a little hub area that you would go back to <laughs> no. or, or something like that. Like you load into the matches like it's PlayStation Home. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Well, you can in Outriders you can like customize your sort of van thing and your banner and whatever, but no, it, only in House Flipper can you put pictures of the Rob Liefeld Captain America on your wall under a giant <laughs> neon sign that says "Relax." In a room with no bed. Yep. Yeah. Who needs it? Just a dusk. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep on the. Throw some blankets on the ground. You're good to go. I surrounded myself Sometimes it's with better wood. for your back. Wood, Jerry. Yeah. Wood. Yeah. Um, I have a what? Oh, I didn't know. Did he had more to say no, about the game? Uh, not really. Okay. I have a game that I am playing, and then I guess we'll both get into the game that we're both playing. Okay. Um, again, this is more for a podcast at a later day, but just to give another update, I finished Persona Two: Innocent Sin. It's done. Why are you updating? And I like. This? I wanted to just mention a few small things about Eternal Punishment that I wanted to make sure I said and don't forget to say by the time we get to the actual retro corner for this thing. Okay. Uh, because one of the big differences between these games, and I think I might have touched on this last week, Innocent Sin didn't come out here, but Eternal Punishment did. And so Eternal Punishment has a American voice cast for it, whereas the first game did not. And so... The initial thing for me is seeing characters from that game show up and actually say things in English and kind of being like, oh, the, the voice in my head is maybe kind of close to what this actually is, or in other cases, it's not. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it is a very much a of its era PlayStation localization. 
And so there's like one line when you start a battle that a character says, which is like, don't as underestimate me, you fucking bastards. But they have to bleep the word fucking out because you can't say it in a PlayStation game. Yeah. Instead of just changing the line to something else, I guess. So like, I really like that because it's extremely jarring and very funny to me. You sent me a uh, video of that. My... I could not tell what was being said. So. Oh, yeah. Um, The better one, though, is one of your starting party members is a cop. And he just, like, he'll pull his gun out at the start of battle and say, like, you're coming downtown with me. And it's like, dude, they're they're demons. You're not going to arrest demons. What the fuck are you doing? He might. Uh, but sometimes his, like, ending battle phrase is, it was self-defense, and there's no problem with that. <laughs> he had so, a gun. Dude, you all saw it. <laughs> you shot him, and then you lit him on fire with Augie. What the fuck about that is self-defense? All of it. <laughs> anyway, that guy's on trial now. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's neat so far, though. There's a there's a guy whose name is like a Bafu or something like that, and he's got Bafu. like um he's got like Bato eyes. Oh. And so I, I've just been reading all his lines in the Bato voice, which is not how he's actually dubbed, and that's been like fucking my brain up. Um, Eternal Punishments need so far, though I'm not terribly far into the game, but I wanted to mention some of that stuff about like battle dialogue because it's hilarious to me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I've also been playing. Um, it's a new release. I think it's called like Odd World. Soulstorm? Uh, odd, odd Planet? Yeah, I, that might be it. I thought it was Odd World, but yeah, maybe it's like Odd Earth. Odd Place. Strangeland? D. Snyder's Strangeland? Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, I think it's uh, it's by um David Jaffe, I think. It's by that one of those right. old dudes who did video games like back in the PlayStation era. Shigeru Miyamoto. So, yeah. In the bit, it's Lauren Lanning, uh, who is just a national treasure. I love Lauren <laughs> Lanning a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I want to give him a big old hug, even though I'm sure he detests human contact. <laughs> Probably. He seems like one of those Howie Mandel types who like carries <laughs> hand sanitizer around even before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, I am only two levels deep into this game. I think that you're further than me. Yeah, I'm like four or five. Okay. Um, okay, so you're like already a third of the way done with it then. Yeah. Um Yeah, the point I'm at like is when it becomes more like a regular odd world game. Like those first levels are odd. <laughs> like in a different way <laughs> than Odd World is. Like they're strange. Like a lot of it is just sort of running from point to point and escaping. Yeah, it is stuff. much more action focused, at least in those first two stages. Yeah. Like that first one is you gotta get the hell out of this cave because everything's blown up. And so yeah. a lot of it is just run and jump, swing on a thing, jump again. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, that second level then gets more into like possessing sligs and solving puzzles where you need to sneak past enemies. But even then there is more of like a just a sense of urgency in it that's still pushing you forward at yeah. a pace that is more accelerated than what you would find in a previous odd world game yeah and then after that you have to escape like from the um the blimp it's like shooting at you and stuff and then like after that basically once you get to the mines that's when it's like oh this is an odd world game so you've got yeah. like 20 mudokens in this area you have to rescue you've 
you're like going back and forth between areas getting keys and pulling levers and stuff see and that's what i'm finding it more enjoyable about this what that's what worries me a little bit about this is so in true odd world fashion there's multiple endings to the game and it's based on how many madokans you save yeah and we were kind of talking about this outside of the podcast that some of these uh trophies in the Why game seem borderline it? impossible yeah because uh, I, you always do that and you never have to i do because i always just feel like you're going to get upset that i'm talking about something we already talked about no. uh, even though i know it doesn't matter no just yeah, trying to be considerate the platinum trophy for this seems like you would have to spend a lot of time in this yeah. uh and i have zero interest in doing that like beating every level without dying no thanks because even though this is like a this sort of seems geared towards people who have not played an odd world before uh being more accessible uh but you still die super fast it's funny yeah. that you even have like these items that sort of overcharge your health because in most cases you're just gonna die from one hit anyway yeah i never found that that at least so far that doesn't seem to matter a whole lot no you're still gonna die if you get caught it it for me has been more of a collectible and wanting to kind of get like gold and platinum medals so yeah. you know i I want to find them all because they're tied to like hidden locations and stuff like that. But that's been it. I've not wanted to get those for the purpose that they are designed for. Uh, but yeah, they're only really useful for like if you catch on fire or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but my thing has been like, so you brought up there's ones for like, don't kill any enemies or like don't have any madokans die there there's things like that where the requirement for it is very strict and in the second level there is a you go the entire level not saving any madokans yeah and it's a long level it took me like an hour to get through yeah a lot of the levels are long they're like yeah between 40 minutes and an hour and at the very end of the level you open up a cage and 200 madokans flood out Yep. And they start climbing up this stuff in the background to open up a door to get to another set where they do the same thing and the level is over. And like, as far as the set piece goes, it's really neat seeing like this flood of Madokans in the background climbing mm -hmm. up. Each one of them is rendered. It's it's fantastic. Um, but what you have to do is protect them because Sligs will show up and start shooting at them. So you need to keep like possessing Sligs, shooting other Sligs, making their heads explode. I could not get through that segment minimizing Madokan lives. Like, it just felt yeah. so sluggish getting it to come out, like the little possession orb, getting it into a guy, taking care of him before another one shows up and is already you, shooting dudes. You don't have to save everyone. You only have to save, like, 80%. I, yeah, but that is part of what worried me is if the rest of the game has set pieces like that where I just cannot end the thing without having like one fourth of them die, then I don't know how I'm getting the true ending of the game. Oh, I don't know. Because like I, I really a could not of them die because that part was not that hard. I think I had like I twenty of them die. Several, I redid it several times and I could not like minimize it more than that. Like I part of it too is I think those slids don't actually like spawn in in a set pattern. I think it's random. Because like I did it on that yeah. second one three times, and they did not spawn in in the same places. So I think a certain amount of that is just getting a good like set of spawns. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know, but so that's something I'm wondering about. Is from what I saw, like to get the good ending, you have to save eighty percent of each Madokan uh, in each area. I think is what's said. And the thing is it's... that that blimp level has one Madokan in it, and I never found him. <laughs> 
uh, and I didn't realize it's, it until like the end of the level. I was like, oh, I guess there was one somewhere. From what I read, you have to get 80% of them in all but like two levels is the way that the math breaks down. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't. Okay. It's a, Maybe that's it's like weird, the level that's like the that, exception. But... It's weird. Yeah, but, yeah there, there are also places where I have no idea where Mudokin could have been. Um, I will yeah. give you a hint. Um, there's like a, a counter in the lower left, and at first it seems like they're sort of in order. Like uh, the ones on the left would be near the beginning of the level. No, it's not. Because mm. um, the last level I played, like I'm near the end, and I found a couple of Mudokins and they like filled in the ones all the way on the left. It's weird. Because like, uh, near here's... the beginning of that level, I kept running around back and forth because I was thinking, I must be missing two that are somewhere near here. I mean, could never find them and just gave up and continued on. But, like, here's my issue with this, though, specifically, is I want to get the true ending of the game. I already feel I fucked up Royal on this one set piece where I needed to save 200 of these fuckers. I don't want to have to replay like a 40 minute long level to get back to the one segment where that matters. Well, you're going to have to. It's it's so so much. And like at the time, like I I did it multiple times and I just figured at the end of it like whatever, I just want to move on. It's getting late. I want to go to bed. And then like before I went to bed, I looked up like eh, is there anything I should know about this odd world game before I get too deep into it and then saw the thing about well, you got to save 80% of them. I was like, well, fuck, if I knew that, I would have just continued to reload that area until the number worked out. Mm. But now I'm, I'm, if I want to do that, I'm beholden to replaying that entire level, and I really don't want to do that But again. question. Hmm. What's 80% of 200? Oh, uh, 100 and 60? Hey, you did it. I did it. I mean, you're so bad. I only I'm saved 100 and... I only saved like 146 of them. Terrible. <laughs> so I messed up. Um, yeah, like it, it might actually help if there were like, there's 15 levels in the game. There are 17 if you get the good ending because it, it will unlock two more past the 15th level. I think it would have been better if they structured the game where the levels were like half the size. You could still have the same amount of content, but just kind of chunk them up a bit more. So if mm. you want to go back and kind of, fix a mistake like a certain someone might have made they're not committed to an hour of gameplay uh or again there's trophies for this that are like beat this level without dying which is a very hard thing to do in an odd world game period but when the levels are an hour long you make a mistake 35 minutes into that that really stings that's not going to get most people to commit to finishing that level with no death yep they're just going to yeah. bounce off of it and do something else well so also, learn how to design a game, Lord Lanning. <laughs> I, I think the idea is you're supposed to go back to previous ones because there are like there are lockers that I could not open in one of these levels because I didn't have a key for it. And I think I mm. like you get that key later and you'd be able to use level select, go back there and open it. I think that's where Wait, some of the Modokins I couldn't find are. Was that the level where you're dropping the little mine? Dropping the, the, the stun mine. the stun mine it's no. in the dark you're putting a stun mine okay so i was going to say that i found keys but you have yeah. to loot them off of slig so you yeah. need to specifically not kill them tape them up and then yoink the key 
Yes. I've been doing that for Sligs whenever I can. The issue is there are a lot of places where it seems like there's no choice except to explode them because there'll be like the chant markers nearby or not enough IEDs or something. There's that that bit early on where you get the uh, you throw the brew and the blue the brew is highly flammable and yeah. so there's like several platforms where there's sligs on patrol and they have the brew lined up and you're obviously supposed to catch them on fire. I don't know if there's a way to get past them non lethally. Well, again, that's the thing where I wonder like if you go back to level select after you've unlocked yeah. the stun mines, if you could just like toss those. And do it that way Yeah maybe Because Um, there's an early mission where you have a medal For apprehending sligs And once you apprehend like 50 of them Or something And I could not find any way To get past most of those areas without killing them Because yeah I wonder if maybe that bit Where the Monokans are climbing up in the background If I use stun mines and just kind of set up Traps for them when they spawn in They'll get stunned and that helps manage that Uh, I had the stun mines at that point I just didn't consider doing that well, yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> it really wasn't. I just possessed one slig and shot the rest of them, and then exploded them, and then hey, possessed they're on, another. They're one. on different levels. I couldn't do that. Uh, okay, anyway, the whatever. I really do think that there is some like random element to that because I swear to God they were not spawning in in the same places in the same order. Could be uh, having done it multiple times. So I think. Um, as speedrunners say, you had Arn Jesus on your side, Larry Davis. Yeah, maybe. Let's talk about another thing with this game, which is okay. the cutscenes, which are really good. They are. Except I saw one that you posted on Twitter. That's not a cutscene. It, re- it still was spoken dialogue, and it seemed really it bad. Uh, it seemed like someone funded a Kickstarter and got uh-huh. their voice in the game. I yes, that's my theory. It's either like somebody who won a contest, or like the kid of one of the developers, or something like that. It's yeah. it was really bad. In fact, I'm going to insert it right here. Are you as sick as you look? Yesterday I was feeling much worse, and then I got bit by a needle bat last night. Crazy as it sounds, I swear that bite took most of my pain away for a while. If only one can bite me again. That's actual dialogue from Oddworld Soulstorm. They gave Soul that child. <laughs> They gave that child helium and a $10 mic and exactly one read of the script to record that line. Yeah, so weird. It's my theory. Like, yeah. Lorne Lanning still voices most of the characters in this game. Like, you can tell a couple yes. of Madokans are not him, but most of them are. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely some child. I don't know. Maybe was, make a wish was, kid that got into. Like, their, their wish was to oh. be an odd world. I don't know. I would like to know why. Um, there so the thing that was immediately drawing to me about the cutscenes is it's not all spoken in rhyme. Yeah. And I kinda missed I I missed that a little bit. That's old, part of the odd world charm for me. They weren't entirely in rhyme. It was just like the intro like from that but I, guy, I the shaman. Still miss the like narration by Abe that is all in rhyme. Like when you would get to a new area, you'd get kind of him saying a little poem about it. It was it was cute and fun. Well again that, that's not that in this. It wasn't always Abe narrating it either It was that other Madokan The shaman No it was Abe In the first no. game uh, In the first one I think it was sometimes uh, Yeah in, I'm thinking of the second one The one that's like yeah, They used it... our bugs to make their brew Well that's uh, that's Abe But um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you just did Abe <laughs> Yeah there, there's a different Madokan that does a lot of the voiceover in that one 
the the thing with two again i only got so far into that thing before i had issues so yeah. i probably didn't get to the point where they started being narrated by a different character no it's, it's uh, right at the beginning it's when it's like like he has this weird like really high-pitched voice sounds. <laughs> i know well i can't remember none what, of that's dialogue i can't remember exactly what he said is the problem but not helping me remember it at all when you say it like that <laughs> all right fine uh yeah well whatever look the, the point is that there there's some of that's missing but you get these cutscenes that are still really good like i i like the dialogue that they're writing it gets you to care about these characters immediately like it's also very good at establishing abe having like imposter syndrome just really does not feel like he's meant for this role but he's kind of thrust into it anyway so he's got to do it Right. Well, he's just uh, some schmuck who ended up being savior of the Mudokans and. But the yeah, that Shriekle. opening bit though, where everyone's just like, "Love Abe. Abe's great. Just what a wonderful guy." Did you see the time that he shoved a grenade into a slig's mouth and fucking exploded his head? <laughs> Abe rules. And then like they cut in on Abe, and he's just like, "I really don't want to be here doing any of this. Can okay. I just have a break, please?" This was the the opening bit in um, Exodus. It was like. His scarred hand branded on Moon's odd face. This hero may free the Mudok and race with skin of blue That's and spirit right. guides too. Only he can save our bones from brew. Yeah, I know, but it's so not rhyme. Abe. I'm saying it was just that opening Whatever. part that was in rhyme. I just want them rhyming, Larry <laughs> Davis. <laughs> I just want them speaking in riddles. Yeah, but you also didn't play any of the other ones like Lunch's Odyssey or Stranger's Wrath. And no, so... I'm a poser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, the cutscenes in this are still pretty good. I, I still like them. They are. Um, they 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 do go on like surprisingly long for an odd world game, but then well, like don't get used to it. I've okay. not seen another that, one in a while. That's fine. Uh, uh, I would I, like. I, I do. Them. I do think it is kind of a. So the interesting thing about this game is, uh, you, again, you you're at a point where this plays more like an odd world game. I can still see that the structure is there and that I'm going to get to it, even though I'm not at that point yet. Yeah. But there's still a lot about this game that feels very modernized. And it's in a way that I think is positive. Like, I like that you have multiple items that you're picking up to solve puzzles. Instead of, like, in the original games, you didn't have much. You had, like, rocks, and that was about it. Um, yeah. Well, I think it goes overboard in some places. Like The crafting, like, there's so many ingredients you can pick up. And like so far I have found no use for any of them. Um like I have not been able to craft anything except for uh uh the antidote for brew that you have to make, like as part of your objectives. But I'm still picking up tape and wiring and all this stuff that I can't actually use for anything, which is weird. Especially yeah. because your inventory gets reset between levels, so what uh. what's the point? Yeah, I, I also mean insofar as like when you're sneaking, there's actually like almost a Metal Gear-esque alert meter now where there's different alert phases that you go through before the yeah. enemies kind of reset their pattern. Which like, again, though, like you could just tell that from looking at them. Like, I don't like the UI could, in general. I think it's kind of bad. UI is very, the UI is very clean. Which is weird for an odd world game Yeah Also I think actually my biggest problem With the controls is the delay When you're like trying to tie up a slig Because there'll be times when like I run up a slig and I'm trying to tie him up And another one is coming I'm like come on hurry up hurry up hurry up And it's like I gotta press yeah. it two or three times 
mine is that I can't move with the D-pad mm. because the well, yeah, I find speed. using analog for 3D movement or not 3D movement. I'm sorry. I find analog for uh, 2D movement to be a lot more imprecise. I just want yeah, those four cardinal funny. directions. It it makes it easier to sneak up on mines and bop them instead of like well, accidentally overshooting it with the analog. No. Like, oh no, I slid. My no. momentum fucked me up. Does not. To be fair that because to be fair that sneak... hasn't actually happened to me. I've just been worried about it happening. If you sneak when you're crouched, you just like make one step at a time. And you can slap those actually from pretty good distance. My... So my issue actually with that is probably something that it's just straight up not mapped which is I've been trying to hit down to crouch, and I think they just purely have that mapped to the O button now. Yep, circle. Yep. Okay. That, eh, a circle's you, an O. You can still use up it's and down. It's the same thing. You can use up and down to climb up and down off ledges. Um, yes. But, yes. But I think that's part of what was throwing me off. Is it like I, I tried to use it to crouch at times, and it wasn't doing it, and then I would just hit the circle button and... Be, so it's just not mapped is my also, problem but it has a weird thing where holding the stealth button when doing things that would normally make noise makes them not make noise even though there's no difference like in the animation or anything yep i've jumped off ledges and just held the button down and have not made noise it's been yep. great yep it, there's well, a double jump in this game yeah weird yes um but yeah, climbing like, up ledges seems to not matter when i can just double jump around them and I kind of like it, actually. So I'm okay with the double jump. There are parts where, like, you have to uh, cure some Mudakans that are next to sleeping slags or slogs, uh, and if you just do it normally, it wakes them up. If you hold down L1 and do the exact same thing, it doesn't wake them up. It's weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, when I first saw footage of this game, I was like, "Here's all this stuff exploding. Here's Abe running around and double jumping." I was like, "Oh no, this might not be good. They're gonna..." turn this into an action game but it's not it's still definitely in the vein of the old ones apart from those intro areas that's obviously mm. supposed to be kind of a like a big action opening um i've still been perfectly fine with like those opening levels i've still been having fun with them i'm i am eager to get to the more odd world ass odd world that i like but i'm like the kids still having a good time uh, watching Itchy and Scratchy, wondering when I'm going to get to the brewery, because that's <laughs> the stuff I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, um, also... I will, so, uh, you're at the part where you're actually using GameSpeak now. Yeah. I hit the D-pad around. Do, do those uh -huh. lines change contextually? Yeah, they do. Okay, because the notably absent was over here. Or, like, Alia's. Yeah. And so, like, he, I, he that was Alia upsetting. Sometimes, um... That's okay, if you good. hold if, if you hold up. He, but yeah, he has quite a few lines. But yeah, he okay. will also just talk about what he's supposed to be doing. And be like, that okay. station can't be that far. Or well, am I supposed to hijack a train? So like okay. that it's neat. I didn't notice that actually until I was kind of in this mine area. I wonder why he says in the earlier ones. Yeah, I, I ran through it and it all seemed like really generic stuff. And so I was like, are these just the lines that you have? Because like the, you know, really short ones are just like over here. Like that's not yeah. part of that like scroll of dialogue that I had. So I wanted to make sure it was maybe it's like a contextual thing. It's not doing it because there's not a Madoka near me. Yeah. Oh, but he yeah, was saying stuff like, remember, brew is flammable. And so oh, okay. like that's kind of the stuff he was saying like earlier on. Um, sure. 
Like some of it seemed like stuff you'd be saying to other Madawkins. That's what threw me off about it. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. There, there are times when he can just act like he would be talking to a Madawkin and he isn't. But I think it's just it's if you hold it, maybe that's when maybe he just does the generic uh... lines. But I think if you tap it, that's when you get the contextual ones. Yeah, I didn't think to hold the button down, so maybe. Also, okay. your Abe impression is very good. Oh, I, thank you. My voice. That's what when happens you, when you when say I, things. I, uh, have played these games since I was a wee child. When you say things, you hear it differently in your head because yeah. of you know physical stuff and and Bone and so vibration. people. Yeah, people hear it differently. My ape in my head sounds very good, so I suspect it sounds like crap. <laughs> so I apologize <laughs> to it. anyone who's listening to it. Oh god, now that I'm on the spot, I'm nervous. Oh yes, over here. See, it's probably bad. It's that probably just, really fucking terrible. It just sounds like you. Just sounds like me. I'm yeah. Abe. Hi, it's me. <laughs> it's I'm Abe from Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, ask me anything about that time I saved all those Madokins. Well, I like how they give him a fake name, like a fake actor name, in the credits for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like I that. do really like that opening credits bit of all the different newspapers going down there, and one of them is just like, "Why would workers turn on their benevolent lead- benevolent leaders?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Gluckin really good one's like the misinformer or something. It's yeah, yeah. Um, because yes. all of them like the the first few of them are just like, "Oh, this guy's like a bad boss. Like his factory got blowed the fuck up." And then like the news turns halfway through when it's just like. Wait, it was because Madokins revolted? That can't be right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting more stuff with the Gluckins. Um because yeah. they're like my favorite bit. And so far I've only seen one bit with him on the blimp. Um but yes. again, once I get like to the brewery, hopefully there'll be more of that. Yeah. It's also weird hearing them like actually swear. I don't know if that popped yeah, up in did. later games and I never heard it. I, I know that, like, it kind of sounds like they do when, like, you're making Slig's heads explode, but I always thought that was just one of those, like, ikumbokum things where, <laughs> like, oh, it kind of sounds like that, but it also could just be sort of a weird noise, and so then it passes by sensors, even though it, it means, like, a dirty thing. But in this one, it's, like, the first cutscene, they just say shit. And so, like, to yeah. me, that was a little... Oh yeah, a little jarring because yeah, a, a little bit like um that that's more than they did in the past, but they would yes um yeah, but yeah. War Landing's unchained. <laughs> he answers to no well, one. I mean, he can say all the bad words he wants. Stranger's Wrath actually has kind of quite a bit of it in there, but still, mm. like you know, it it's I guess you could say like PG level, maybe yeah, uh, creeping there, up on PG thirteen. There was always something about the, at least the first Odd World, because again, I I wasn't able to finish two. I've not played Stranger's Wrath or Munch's Odyssey, but at least that first one, it had kind of a tone and quality to it that, yeah, it was like PG-esque. Like, you know, a young teen could get into it and their parents wouldn't find it questionable. <laughs> no, Even though, like, some of those. Like, turning yeah. it into a red mist. <laughs> okay. And still, like, cartoony violence, though, is the yeah. thing. Like, I'm actually it's surprised still that still happens in this one. Yeah. Considering it's Instead of him, like, getting realistically split open. Well, yeah. And saying, ah, oh, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fucking dying! <laughs> Abe just getting split in half, like, in Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> Two slugs on each side of him. <laughs> just 
He's already like halfway cut open and slings just grab each arm and start pulling him and splitting him <laughs> down the middle. But yeah, I, I actually think I did notice that like if you get hit by a grinder or a buzzsaw or something, like Abe doesn't actually fly apart. Like he's still intact. It's just there's a big like splat. And I think maybe that's how they get around it because he's not actually being dismembered or anything. It's just yeah. like a blood effect and so they're like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. It's just weird because I feel like in general games sort of trend more towards being rated on the higher scale than they maybe actually deserve. Yes. But... Yeah. It makes them more enticing. That's kind of the the thing about any rating system is when you you rate it higher, the younger crowd wants to get at it more. Yeah. Is the the flaw of rating systems? They're there to ostensibly protect children, but really, it just it makes kids want that R rating even more because there's yeah. a mystique behind it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, I, I think some of that earlier stuff is similar to the thing with Persona 2, where it's just like at that in that era of gaming, where the envelope was was a different position than where it's at now. Yeah. And so hearing them say shit and bastard or, or things well, like see, that. And... Again, that was in old ones. But yes. Still, my point is that Lord Lanning can, I think, do more with the story now than what he might have been able to do back then. Yes. He can lean harder into, like, the, the, the workers' rights violation kind of aspect of this than maybe he could in the first one, where it was still kind of cartoony. I mean, This he, one's more on the nose. It's he, more direct. He has said that this is basically what they had envisioned for the game, but they had time constraints, weren't able to do as much as they want with it and he said that this one is supposed to be like a, a darker story than yeah. it originally was which is kind of strange to me like, because i don't it doesn't really seem like it so far who knows maybe abe's well, gonna I, die maybe you just it turns out you play as squeak for the last half it's like this, Stoopy, this was the abe, was the abe simulation <laughs> what oh stoopy is the guy that they keep referring to in the first part of it I don't know who Stoopy is. Like, Stoop, Stoopy's over here. Abe, you see him over there by the mine? Oh, right, that, that guy. guy. Yeah, yeah that, that's also um, weird because they keep like repeating things in the early games. Like, hey, he's over there, over the mine. Go over there to the mine. Go to see him. Hey, it's over there. See him? Like, yeah, that's... Okay. That's my one complaint about the, the cutscenes being long is... Some of it is just needlessly repeating stuff. So, like, the scene where that guy is dying... Yeah. Which, like, that's probably the the darkest scene so far is this dude, like, slowly bleeding out, and Abe is just like, I want to help you, but I can't. And he's like, no, but you can. And then Abe's like, I wish I knew how to help you, guy. And the guy's like, but you can. And it's yeah, like, you're just repeating the same thing that you said. Like, that's some weird. of this dialogue could be trimmed down a little bit, and it would still communicate what it needs to communicate and be fine. Um, but I'm still, like, enjoying the cutscenes a lot. Uh, I really like how the game looks. It looks very sharp. Um, yeah, the I'm actual the game fun. part I think looks a bit dated, but whatever indie studio, it's not gonna. You know, yeah, it it runs smoothly except for the hitching at every cutscene or uh, checkpoint, which is yeah. I kind of thought the, once things switched over to SSDs that would stop, but the yeah, load times not. are a bit longer than I would have expected them to be. Also. Yeah. They're yeah. not as snappy as Demon Souls or Miles Morales, where it's just like you don't have time for a loading screen in this game. Like this one has enough time to show you controller and for you to read like most of the button mapping, and yeah. then it goes on. But 
it's still fine. It's not like an excruciating amount of time. It does yeah. make me wonder if you were playing this game off an actual hard drive. Like if you played this on PC and you installed it to a hard drive, like what that loading time would look like. Because that yeah, would be more concerning to me. Um, but yeah, like the recommended settings or specs for this on PC requires like a, a 970 graphics card. So yeah, it's it's a bit dated. You don't need something super powerful to run Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. I, like you I, said, it's a indie dev. So I'm just glad Lord Landing's able to do this at all. Yeah. It's also surprising that's a free PS Plus game. Yes. It's excellent that it is because it's a it's a fifty dollar game otherwise. Yeah. It's expensive. Uh although my I don't want to get into this too much, but like my experience just trying to install this thing, I I think it's just the PlayStation at this point is yeah. having some fucking issues installing anything and doing it for more than ten minutes before going like I don't know, and just quitting the install, and then it won't automatically reinitialize the install. So I have to power cycle the console. And it's not even like just hit reset it. It's I have to shut it off, walk away for, for three minutes, come back, turn it on, and then resume the install. It got to a point where I was maybe five hours deep trying to install this 15 gigabyte game that I was like, man, I would almost just rather pay the 50 bucks and get the disc and put it in and have it install over like 20 minutes and be done with it. Yeah, I just, uh, it went live while I was at work, so I started the download from the app and uh, came home and it was done. Yeah, I'm going to have to just download the app and do that from now on. Like, I'm still very much in the vein of buying my games physically, but if there is stuff like this where it's a brand new game and it's free on PlayStation Plus, as has happened with this and Control, like, I'm just going to go with the free thing. <laughs> and if down the line that disc copy hits something ridiculous like $10, then I might go ahead and just buy the disc to have it. Uh, but of course, 50 other... bucks for Soulstorm versus free, I'm going with free. Come on. The, the other issue is... Um... In order to activate the download remotely, your PS5 has to be in rest mode. That has its own yeah. problems, um, but I knew about it ahead of time, so I was able to just make sure my PS5 was on in, in rest mode. Normally, yeah. I just and see, I turn it completely off. And I didn't know about the thing about, like, it ends up going live on the app sometimes before it goes live on the actual, like, you know, PS Plus page on the console, and so well, I probably could have got a head start on that. Twitter I... did say, like, It'll be at midnight in your region, so. Yeah. See, I didn't see any of that stuff, so I had no idea. But uh, now I know for the future, so if anything like that happens again, I can anticipate all of this, but it's been mm -hmm. a pain in the ass. Um, so that's why I'm only two levels deep. I would have had a lot more time to play it otherwise, but, yeah. Liking it, though. Yeah, me too. So. Retro Corner? Retro Corner. Retro Corner. Done. Uh, okay, hold on. I need to open up something real quick. Okay. I'm sorry. I have a calculator. I'm setting that aside for later in the episode. So, you have All that to look right. forward to. Great. Um, so, 80% on, of open up 400 a, Modokans. Let me set up a second calculator. I have a feeling I will need two of them. <laughs> okay. For later in the episode. Larry, I played all... I think all of them. Uh, all the Star Wars games on the Nintendo 64. Okay. I played three of them. I'm trying to remember if there was anything weird, like they made a action-adventure game for Episode 1 or something like that. 
like uh, they did on the PlayStation. I don't think so. There was Shadows of the okay. Empire, Rogue Squadron. Yes. Yep. Jedi Starfighter? Or well, just Starfighter. Oh. Then I didn't play that one. I played Shadows of the Empire, Rogue Squadron, and Episode One Racer. Oh right, Racer. And that was it. Um, which which really like I, I think those are the main three that anyone really remembers from the Nintendo sixty four. Like those were the big Star Wars were, games. There was another it's like Battle for Naboo, I think. Uh Super Bombad Racing. <laughs> that was PS2. <laughs> that was yeah, that was PS2. Uh yeah, Battle for Naboo might be it. Um Yes, I'm Battle sure for I'm Naboo. Missing, okay. I was gonna say I'm sure I'm missing something. That's what I was thinking of, because um, it has the like the Jedi Starfighter on it. Where should we start, Larry? Which one of these you want to get into first? Uh, uh whichever you want. I don't care. Episode one. We already talked about already... Shadow of the Empire. No, not really. Um, it's come up in like other conversations, but less about the game specifically, I think, and more about <laughs> what Shadows of the Empire was. Oh, I thought you were talking about Racer, like less about the game specifically, more about Greg Proops. <laughs> I mean, that is fair. We have talked extensively about Greg Proops and the weird, dumbass names of characters in this game. <laughs> yeah. And now we're pretty sure. Well. Yeah. Um, we also kind of got into it on a, a stream recently that I think my chief complaint about this game is the tracks are too damn long. Yeah. It should not take me like 14 minutes to get through a single race in a game. That's ridiculous. And that's with like having my, my pod racer maxed out. Um, so the way that this game kind of works to like really get as much out of it replay wise as you can is you can upgrade the different pod racers and there's a lot of pod racers to unlock just as it is you're you're getting new ones constantly yeah uh but you can buy parts from wado of course because who else are you going to buy anything from in a prequel era star wars video game uh which does mean you get a lot of good wado dialogue there's looking for his chance cube he just wants his chance cube he's <laughs> misplaced it somewhere among all the robot parts um but you can also go to his junkyard and get other other parts for your ship that you might not be able to find on the shelves uh but your parts like as you take damage and races they end up getting stressed and then they will eventually break on you so you have to buy pit droids to repair the parts uh, the more pit droids you buy, the more parts will get fixed after a race, uh, which is important for maintaining the integrity of your fully upgraded pod racer. Uh, but my issue, too, is that th the game moves so quickly and there are so many tight corridors in the races that you are constantly bashing into absolutely everything. And it gets to a point where I don't know how to beat most of these races without fucking exploding poor little Anakin Skywalker into a million pieces. Okay, so it just sounds like you're understand. bad at the game. Uh, have you tried slowing it down? Be, at the... No, it's a race, you <laughs> maniac. Well, that might be part of the problem. I gotta go fast. Gotta need go to beat fast. All these aliens. Um, to be to be fair, I did forget for a while that if you push up on the analog stick, it actually like makes you go faster and then back throttles you. Like I was still thinking it was just. You hold down A to go and you hit B to break. No, you hold uh, up. I don't have a... You hold up until it charges and then you use your turbo. There's a turbo? <laughs> Did you... <laughs> you play through this game without knowing about the turbo? I beat the game. Yeah, I beat the game without using turbo. 
Oh All man, right. maybe I'm a great racer then. I beat the whole game without turbo. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have a manual. No. I didn't buy a manual for this game. Didn't I, just, I went in blind. You no. didn't notice when you were holding up, it was charging a meter in the lower right. No, I just thought that was like an indicator <laughs> that I was like going more faster. Yeah, it, it charges up, and then a light comes on, and then you can press. Uh, I think just the throttle again, and then it activates your boost. Oh, this changes everything. But the thing is, when I you're using go back that, and replay this then game. you have to slow down. Like it will overheat eventually. Like it, the meter fills up again, so you have to lay off before that, or it'll explode your engines. I just fixed my problem of losing races by buying all the most expensive acceleration <laughs> parts, so I could go as fast as humanly possible, and it worked. Uh, but okay. my problem was I was going so fast I was bopping into stuff and exploding. So like a lot of times I was just constantly re-going at certain tracks until. I like got them down because I do think like regardless a certain amount of this game is memorizing the track layout because you're sure. going really really fast through it there's a lot of twists and turns in some of these tracks and I think your first few times through are mostly going to be crashing around all over the place until you memorize where the turns are and then can't anticipate them well there is a map uh, is the thing there, the map fucking sucks in this game though yeah. it's just little like lines of dots everywhere and then as you get into the more complex races and the like track starts overlapping itself, it just looks like a mess. Yeah, kind of, but it's, still, it lets you know where the turns are going to be. It it does to a point. I I also think that you just move so fast in the game that really trying to look down at that map and then back up is too much of a distraction, and you're still going to end up probably not winning the race. I think you're just really uh, bad at episode one racer. I just be really bad at episode one racer. It, but part of it too is just the track length is too long. So it gets kind of frustrating and it then is. I don't want to play it anymore because even when you're doing well, it just takes too long to get through a track. And the rubber banding in this game, thankfully, is not as heinous as it is in a lot of other racing games of this era or even past this era. Yeah. Uh, but that also like does Super mean Bomb when you're doing racing. very... Uh, it, it does mean, though, that when you're doing super well... You're just spending 14 fucking minutes of no one being behind you and just making your way through the track, and it gets kind of boring. Yeah. The, the tracks just need to be shorter is really the main thing with Episode 1 Racer. Everything else, squarely my fault. I didn't have a manual. I did not prepare for this game the way that I should have. I, I, I accept that. I not a manual either, but when I played it like a couple months ago, within the first track, I was like, oh, right. If I hold up, this fills up, and then I can press a button to go fast. There's only so many buttons on the Nintendo 64 controller, and I was expecting that, like in most games, 90% of them don't actually do anything. Yeah. C buttons. What the fuck are those even for? Come Camera. on. Yeah. Terrible. That's what the C stands for, camera. Oh, there's a D-pad over here? Why? Directions. Uh, um, I still like Episode 1 Racer, though, is the thing. Like, yeah. again, my, my main complaint about it is just track length is really the issue. And I think even then, like, probably the track length wouldn't be as much of a problem for me if I was playing in multiplayer. I think that that experience would be so fun, I wouldn't mind the long length of the, of the tracks. But when you're in single player, it just really grates. Mm-hmm. So they should have released that like a port for like modern consoles with online functionality, so then you can play with your friends and do Wado impersonations while you're playing. Yeah, I couldn't decide if I wanted to say impression or impersonation. <laughs> Just get on the Xbox Live mic and go, "Hey, what a find of a chance cube." 
<laughs> Wado is trying to get people into like a Bitcoin mining scheme. <laughs> See, that's the difference. It's an impersonation when you want to fool people. It's an yeah. impression when everyone's in on the joke with you. So if you're oh, impersonating yeah. Wado, you're probably getting up to some sort of like fraud. Yeah, sure. Trying to get people to think that you're actually Wado and that you got a good deal, man. On some hey, like, power yeah, I minted these NFTs, eh? Oh, he absolutely would be. <laughs> yeah, he would. Wado would just, oh, he would just start, like, shmi, start learning Photoshop. <laughs> I need to get on this NFT thing. I bought you Illustrator. We're gonna mint this picture of the Joker as a Sith. <laughs> No, it's Jar Jar Binks. He's in like Sith hoods. That's no. the NFT that he's going to sell. You think Wado knows who Jar Jar is? Yes, he no, had he interactions with Jar Jar. Jar Jar was there stepping in yeah, shit. Yeah, later. You think Wado's not going to notice the big, mentally challenged goofball stepping in crap all the time around him? Yes, like, no, later, he's going to be I, like. I'm talking about before this. Okay. Like this would be an earlier. Part no, see, I was thinking Star the NFT would be like a like a later thing. That would be like when the empire's taken over and everything has become real bleak. That's when NFTs come yeah, about. When he's got the helmet, it's a little yeah, doughboy helmet. Empire, the empire starts like pushing crypto on people because that's some real empire shit. Mm. Yeah. And it, what are we talking about? Episode one, racer. Oh, okay. Yeah, moving on to the next game. We've said enough. Ben Quadraneros. Ben Quadraneros. There we go. Now we can move on. See, the thing uh, is, it's I can do good Greg Proops and Abe because of the nasally nature of them, is yeah. the thing. Which is why I should be able to do them, but I can't. Yeah. Just ends up becoming me. It's just who I am. Uh, the the next one I want to talk about, I think, is my least favorite of the bunch, which is Rogue Squadron. Uh, I. I had very fond memories of Rogue Squadron when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I remembered I probably only played the first three levels of that game. Oh, I played all of it, like, a lot. Uh, however, I will say, like, Rogue Leader is the the one. Like, two and three are both better than the first. Yeah. Draw distance, uh, that first game, pretty rough. Yeah, so I that's probably one of my biggest issues of the, is the draw distance is bad. Um. If I played it on PC, it might not have been as much of an issue, I think. I wonder if the PC had better draw distance. I'm sure it looks a lot more crisp. For probably. One. So it'd be easier to tell what's going on. It probably would also run at, like, multiple frames per second, which would be <laughs> an improvement over the Nintendo 64 version. Yeah. Um, but really, my, my issue is the draw distance... Had a hair in my mouth. Uh, the draw distance, the muddiness of it, and the poor frame rate, coupled with the fact that you can't actually lock onto an enemy, makes some of that game way more of a pain in the ass than it needs to be. There is a lot of missions where you have to protect a certain point that's getting attacked by a lot of enemies, and when all four of those things are working against you, it can be really difficult to just line up your fucking shots and protect the thing from getting blown up. Yeah, I like remember it's just like, a... the main key of that game was just knowing where everything spawns and like what yes. order to go in areas. Like the yeah. one, there's an early one. It's like on Tatooine where like some buildings are under attack, right? In this canyon yes. or something. And yeah, like that. Yeah, that one I remember really sucking. That's the first level. Okay, well, that's why I remember <laughs> it so well. 
this one I had the least problems with was at first level. Okay. I have very fond memories of that one. Uh, that one and the uh, one that takes place at night with the different like portions of the city getting attacked by the Adats, and you have to use oh, the yeah. speeder on them. Um, but the, the one specifically that just stands out to me as being an absolute nightmare is on Solist, and you have like one of the Imperial transports is going to land at like four different locations and pick up prisoners, and you have to protect it at all four locations. And every location has turrets at the location shooting the ship, TIE fighters, TIE bombers, TIE interceptors that make their own runs. And those are really fast and like a total pain to hit. Mm -hmm. uh, ATSTs on top of all that other mess coming in. And you have to be very precise. You have to know exactly where to go. You need to time everything out perfect. That mission alone probably took me a solid two hours to get through because I would always get to the final, like the last area where you're picking up dudes. And by that point, the transport just had enough and just one shot would blow it up. Cool. Um, I finally got to the end of it. And the reason I got to the end of it was whoever had that cart before me, lovely person, unlocked the Naboo Starfighter. And the Naboo Starfighter, mm -hmm. turns out, has lock-on missiles. And that makes that mission way, 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 way more palatable. Yeah. Being able to just take out the TIE fighters, not worry about missing like a few shots, and then at that point you're like, I'm fucked. <laughs> I can just lock on, hit him, and then, then I'm good. Uh, and the, the thing that sucks about that mission is that's where you unlock the uh, lock-on missiles for the X-Wing, but you have to pick them up in the level, and then you don't actually get them until you complete the level. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, like uh, my issues with Rogue Squadron is mostly steeped in that stuff, and I do wonder if like the PC version is just way better about it. Um, and they do give you an out, like if you really want to, and you're having trouble with the mission, like you can just use the Naboo Starfighter or unlock the Millennium Falcon, and they have targeting, and that makes the game way more fun to play. Yeah, that also that was like mind blowing back then. That you could get the Naboo Starfighter, considering Episode One yeah. wasn't out yet. Yeah, that you was can really unlock cool. a flying car in that game. Yeah, uh, although it will like crash the game under certain conditions, from what I remember. The uh, yeah, just, like just as a child, it was like oh, I get like B wing and a, like a C wing, and all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, these obscurest. Well, now they aren't really that obscure, but at the time. Obscure sort of uh, sort of I remember my friend Star War. What my friend had the game. I never had it. I oh, need, well, that's. I need the cure. Go get me a cure. Find <laughs> find some uh, fleece guano. Make Do you a need cure some for brew? Me. No, the brew is what makes you sick. It'll make you feel better for a while. <laughs> then it makes Probably. you feel worse. Uh. No, I remember my, my friend had the game and I vividly remember him being like, hey, check this out. And then he made the camera go past the Millennium Falcon where the TIE Interceptor was sitting. Yeah. And like being able to play as the bad guy was like fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, TIE Fighter? What the fuck? I know. That, that Luke, was don't always... pilot no TIE Fighter? That was the coolest thing for me too. Is like, yeah, the TIE Interceptor's rad. Yeah, TIE Interceptor's great. Uh, dies like if you sneeze on it. But <laughs> yes, that's but yeah, like it, it's it's still like it, it's a fun game for me if I'm specifically playing as the new Pooh Starfighter or the Millennium Falcon because of the lock on stuff, which alleviates a lot of the issues I have with the game. 
Uh, now that I have an X-Wing that has lock-on missiles, that kind of alleviates it too. So I did go back and like replay a bunch of levels that I kind of had some issues with now that I had like a better loadout. And that stuff became like way more fun on revisit. So I the initial like trek through the story mode gets pretty rough. But I think after that point, when you could just sit down, pick up, play it for a mission or two and shut it off, it's fantastic. It's a fun little arcadey diversion. Uh, so I, I still appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it's... that part of my memory of this game was finding out that my friend had the internet also and that there was a Pokemon site that had all the Pokedex entries and I wasted <laughs> 150 pages of his mom's printer paper printing out the entire Pokedex. <laughs> one Pokemon one, per page. One per page, okay. <laughs> one per page. <laughs> Great. I just... I, this is a very specific night that I spent over at his house because I remember like all that. Plus, I also saw the Truman Show for the first time because he had that on VHS. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, just everything clicking together for me. This one like little cluster of nostalgia. Pretty sure we watched the Pokemon cartoon in the morning too because I think that was still airing at that time. That's nice. Uh, but yeah, it, it's too bad though that apparently you were not aware Battle for Naboo exists. Um, because yep. I would say that's better than Rogue Squadron Like it's a sequel to Rogue Squadron really um, I wonder how much it is At this point Yeah that's like the, the thing I I wonder if it's really expensive Because it's like fairly obscure Even though it really so shouldn't we, be We talked about this on uh, Episodes of the podcast past That the like third hand Game market is even more fucked Now than what it was when I was buying these third. things yeah, third like look, people so well second hand. Yeah. Um, third hand is the goal. <laughs> look, point is it was always bad. Like I remember paying probably way too much money than what's reasonable for a lot of these Nintendo sixty four games. Went back and checked on it, because pandemic prices are nuts, and I've made a profit on most all of these games. Yeah, you've so, already yeah, mentioned I do, this. Well, I'm bringing this up again because I do wonder like where Battle for Naboo was and where it's at now. Because like in some cases, prices haven't really increased like much more than a couple dollars, uh, uh, and in other cases, they've like tripled in value. So it really just depends on the game. It looks like right now Battle for Naboo is going for about twenty bucks for cart only. Hmm. And I'm looking. So pro- I'm looking probably at probably four times it was ten bucks or eight bucks. Probably. Well, no, I'm I'm like scrolling back and like I don't really see much of a difference. There are ones from let's see, was this February of this year or last year? It was this year? And that was twenty. I guess it doesn't really go far back enough for me to really check, but um, I I think it was probably about that before. Yeah, maybe I. I'm curious. Everything with the vi- everything with the used video games market is is such a nightmare now. Uh, the last game that I played is Shadows of the Empire, uh, which I oh, wait. Also, something I should note since you did not play it, um, Battle mm-hmm. for Naboo actually had developer commentary on it. Like I remember that being oh. sort of like a very weird thing. Uh, that might be the first game that did that. Because I remember then it, like not seeing that again until was it Half Life, Team Fortress Two, something like that that had like developer yeah, commentary nodes, Portal maybe. It it was a Valve one for sure. Um, 
maybe it was just the orange box in general but yeah like Battle for Naboo I think was the first one to do that yeah well, I should look into that yeah I I kind of miss that stuff it's not as common anymore like there's still some games that do it but I think a lot of that stuff has just kind of got broken out into like here's a developer blog yeah Here's here's a post-mortem on this game. Like well, that stuff is still fun, but I, I like developer commentaries in the game. I mean the issue the issue is um like having that playing over the game audio and like having to sit in one area because if you go to the next area that's going to stop and move to the next thing. All of the Double Fines games have done it. All of the yeah. remasters for like Grim Fandango and um Full Throttle. Those have been doing it. It's nice to hear Tim Schafer talk about uh, what a mess the development of Grim Fandango was. Yeah. I need to play Grim Fandango at some point. I still have not. Maybe you should I do wonder that if I'd instead, like of, <laughs> instead of Squadron. playing Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. No, Shadows of the Empire is good. Uh, yeah, Shadows of the Empire is all right. They're, look, you want to talk about bad draw distance. In some of these well, video yeah. games, Shadow of the um, Shadows but, of the Empire is kind of rotten. But this is um, a case where, like, the 64 version was better than the PC one. Um, I said I thought the PC one was way better. No, no, the PC okay. version's I mean, like kind of bad, it. and it wouldn't run on most PCs. And like, even now, yeah. if you tried to play it, like the cutscenes for the N64 version are better. Uh, like they have that sort of like comic art oh, yeah. look and everything, and then the yeah, PC the one, are pretty good. The PC one has like this really crappy CGI because it like came out way later. It came out like a year or two later, I think, after the '64 one. Um, and yeah, like so voice acting and everything. Yeah, it? yeah, it's all terrible. Um, yeah, but uh, I do like the cutscenes in in the N64 one because yeah, it is just like comic art, but it has that sort of sprite quality to it still. Yeah. It's got little jaggies and everything. It, yeah. it looks nice. That uh, and just like in general, the style of the game was kind of unlike anything at that point. Like third-person shooters yeah. didn't really exist yet, like until Max yeah. Payne, really. Mm. Um, and like it's not quite that, but it's I guess kind of more in line with the Tomb Raider or something like that. But just like yeah. in technical terms, it was really impressive for the 64, and it ran kind of chunky at points, but it was probably more stable than you would expect. There there are some design issues I have with the game, though. Yeah. Like, I, we talk about how long levels are in Oddworld. There are a few levels that go on for way too long in Shadows of the Empire, uh, which isn't necessarily that the levels themselves overstay their welcome. It's that the checkpointing being what it is... You got you go into level like three lives, and it's a thirty minute long level, and you lose all your lives, and then you got to go back and make up all that progress again. And sometimes it just ends up becoming a bit of a slog because like the game ramps its difficulty up at really odd points. Yeah, like levels will be incredibly easy for a lot of it, and then oh shit, here's an ATST <laughs> in like the last third of the level. Uh, the, the, the main the issue is the level. bosses Yeah the junkyard level really easy Until you get to IG-88 who just wrecks you <laughs> Yes uh, Boba Fett is borderline Impossible for me to beat without yeah. Having to rely on like a lives Cheat code because he just He is such a bullet Sponge and he will melt your Health bar and having to go Through all that shit to get Back to him is just asking way too much And then when you do beat him He's like okay 
I'm in slave one now, and so you have a second boss meter that you have to get through. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Sure. It's just like and from then soft. the level. Yeah, the level right after that. Well, it controls bad too. So yeah, it's just like from soft. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got him. Uh, the level after that, though, is the uh, Swoop Gang level, where you're on the Swoop, swoop bike, gang. and it controls fucking bad. <laughs> and so it's like... Yeah, and also that, that level is fine until the end when you have to thread the needle from that thing, and yeah. Just the, the whole canyon bit, because you just keep getting caught up on the geometry. Like, it's way too cramped, you're moving way too fast, and you're on this thing that's shaped like a needle, so it just keeps jabbing into everything and getting stuck. But all the variety... So, like, you got snow speeder part at the beginning. You got the space shooting where you're shooting the the tie fighters. You you get yeah, you're in the asteroid. But like, there's actually like a really good amount of writing in this game. I do appreciate them keeping it broken up into into different things to keep you interested in it. Uh, the, just that one segment of the game, though, the Boba Fett level and the swoop bike thing after it. That's like the the low point of the game. Everything else around that, actually, like quite a bit, and I don't have that much difficulty with it. That one segment though is just oh it's rough. Um, the the swoop bike one too. To be fair, I had an episode one racer moment with that too, where I misunderstood the level objective because it's that the swoop game is going to go kill Luke outside of uh, Ben's house, Obi Wan's right. house, and so I thought that I have to beat them there, and that was the mission. It's not the mission. You're supposed to murder all of these people. Yeah. Uh, and the way that I figured that out was I just started learning the map so good that at a certain point, I managed to like blow past the whole swoop gang. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to beat the level this time. And then I saw the single worst, most exaggerated instance of rubber banding in a video game I've ever seen in my entire life. Because they went from like one end of the map and the dots on the meter on the top just flew all the way past me. And then I just see all these swoop bikes just like fly over Dash's head right in front of him. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I think I've been playing this level wrong the entire time. So then after that, like once I knew how to do it, it only took me like one attempt and I just killed them all and it was fine. <laughs> so weird you weren't exploding them just for fun like I would as a child. I, I don't think I thought knew it you would could take go just go past them. Like who would do that? Yeah. You going for a pacifist I thought it would take run up on Shadows of Empire? That's right. Dash Rendar does not kill. Like uh, actually, there's one other boss in that game that is like a real pain. It's the uh, like gladiator robot. Like the penultimate boss of that thing is yeah. a nightmare because he also has like four health bars. Yeah. Again, like FromSoft. Uh, like a Sekiro yeah, boss exactly. specifically. Well, you know, it runs at like less than 10 frames a second, so it's just like a FromSoft game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Still, like there, there's a lot of really good moments in Shadows of Shadows of the Colossus. <laughs> My brain is shutting down. Uh, Me too. I, I do. I, I really like the Hoth segment. I think that is still like a really iconic game moment. Like Hoth has always yeah. had this sort of place in Star Wars games. Mm, the, that, that being that's the reason, 3D. though. That's the yeah. game. It's because of Shadows yes. of the Empire that every well, game has to have a Hoth in, level. Yeah. It it was in them like before, like Super Star Wars or Super oh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back had it. You had it in the Atari games. I think one of the Atari games was just a Hoth level. Um, yeah, so it's a the thing that they had always been trying ATSTs to. Or yeah, ATATs. Is it? 
it's a thing they'd always been trying to do, but having that set in like a 3D environment was like nailing Hoth for the first time, and now, yeah, you see it repeated in a similar way. It was the first time when you could uh, use the harpoon and tow cables. Technically, you could use it in the Atari game, that but yes, have. I know what you mean. You you can use it in the way that felt right. Yeah. Like it it felt like you were in the Battle of Hoth, uh, at least back in 1996. Um, now there are games that do that way, way, way better. This is um, also like a really early Nintendo 64 game. It is, and, yeah. Uh, uh, some stuff like the junkyard level where you're on the train. Like I don't think I've seen a game do that before. Of course, like 3D games in general were really early at that point. But like being on a moving platform and stuff, going through a level was really cool. In Solo, there's a train heist. And I'm pretty sure the people who wrote Solo just based that off of the scene in Shadows of the Empire. Okay, sure. Because it's it's just that they're on a train that's like... Maybe they just played Uncharted. the the aesthetics of it are very much shadows of the empire like i think they were really just going for that um of course shadows of the empire is not considered canon now dash rendar has been erased from existence it's a crime Uh, dash rendar and kyle katarn back into the canon i agree uh we talked about this ages ago but i do think that it's important when discussing shadows of the empire that a little bit of the context around why the game exists is discussed (sighs) which is that (laughs) we're at two hours interesting we're at two hours we're gonna be done with this This is the last thing i want to say about it uh there was a point in time where star wars was fucking done and no one talked about star wars anymore there was an errant pog here and there and that was it bunch of novels uh until yeah there are a bunch of novels that were terrible people like a lot for some reason uh splinter of the mind's eye and what have you uh but there was this like initiative (laughs) yeah there was this initiative (laughs) there's some dumbass meme i saw recently that was just like okay so if like ben is short for obi-wan and and uh annie is short for anakin what's luke short for and i no one in the comments said luke because <laughs> I, I feel that's the correct answer or bigger luke yes um but like what lucasfilm wanted to do was see whether or not there was still interest in star wars and so they did this multimedia event where shadows of the empire was being told across multiple mediums uh the, the novel was the main thing uh, they did a soundtrack for the novel. They they brought uh, Harry, Harry S. Williams? Harry Hank Gregson Williams? Williams? Harry Gregson Williams? From they brought Gear? Hans Zimmer. They brought Hans Zimmer back to do the soundtrack. Um, Wait, so was it John then, Williams? Yeah, it was John Williams. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it actually moment. was like maybe one of the early things Harry no. Gregson Williams did. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. They brought they brought John Williams back to do the soundtrack for it. Okay. Uh, and I think like a lot of it uses like unused musical cues from Empire Strikes Back because I know like part of the big thing for Shadows of the Empire the game was that it uses Star Wars music. It doesn't use music that just kind of sounds Star Wars esque that they had to put in this game. Like it was yeah. actual tracks pulled from the soundtrack. I mean, and that, it, it used bits that did not get used in Empire. That track from the uh, first Hoth level where you're on foot's really good. It is the music uh, in this dun, game is dun, terrific. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, 
Yeah, the bit where you're in the asteroid belt and you got to blow up the TIE fighters and it's doing the the Han Solo music. Mm-hmm. It's doing the same music from Empire when they were in the asteroid belt. It's really good and it adds a lot to that game. Uh, but yeah, the, so the game of course exists and there was a comic that went along with it. And I went back as part of this and I reread that comic and I find it very weird that Prince Zizor, the main villain, just has a whole subplot where he wants to fuck Leia and Leia almost does it. And then she's like, oh no, what am I doing? And then that's it. They don't go anywhere with it. Who wrote the comic and drew it? I want to know. pervert. <laughs> I want to know. I wonder if it's anybody I would recognize. I, I think you probably want to look it up. I, I would make the clicky clacks on my keyboard. I forgot who did it. Um, All right. Keep talking. I'll look. But. I think that was an element of the book too. Like in the novel, it's something about like Zizor has some sort of pheromone that makes him like irresistible to anyone. But I'm not sure like what the whole point of just wanting to fuck Leia is. So like, he's like they the go purple man from Marvel. Yes, actually, he's pretty much like the purple man. Some are the purple man. So oh, song, John, of course, written about. by John Wagner, creator of Judge Dredd. Oh, weird. Hmm. Well, anyway, the comic is interesting. I'm not a huge fan of the art in it, but it's the typical kind of like just 90s era comic art. Yeah, it, it has so, a certain cheap quality to it, it because says it of the was, way that it was assembled. It says it was illustrated by Killian Plunkett, who I do not recognize. <laughs> that sounds like a no. fake name. I think he did those like 70 minute Star Wars reviews on the internet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Plunkett. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it was a really interesting thing they did at the time. There was this whole like toy tie-in. I remember buying those. I remember getting real excited about Star Wars at that point in time. And I've never felt that way about Star Wars ever again. It's just been crushing depression after that. Just one bad thing after another. And it's unfortunate because there's this absolutely this like... This, th- there were a couple of moments in the 90s where like Star Wars was exciting like you had this and then you had the lead up to Phantom Menace where it's yeah. like oh man they're making a Star Wars that's insane and then everything after that has just been pulling teeth one by one and it's constant because they will just not fucking let Star Wars go by this point it's Simpsons-esque it should have ended a long time ago Shadows of the Empire should have been the last thing that's it Hey, um, I would like to tell you something, by the way. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack to Shadows of the Empire was not John Williams. What? Okay, I was wrong about that. <laughs> it was about... Joel McNeely. I have no idea who that is. He had uh, produced music for the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. It was performed yeah. by the Royal Scottish National Orchestra. Uh, themes from the movies can be heard in tracks. Uh... Portions of the soundtrack are featured in the video game But yeah, like I'm sure it also uses stuff from the movies But the the original stuff was not John Williams It it definitely does use like stuff John Williams wrote for Empire That didn't make it into Empire Like I, I think either like it's some of those tracks You know, they, they of course go on so long And that certain portions of them just didn't get used in the movie And they get reused in Shadows or it might be that full tracks that didn't make it into the movie got used. I remember reading that, that there was stuff cut from Empire that made it into the game. Oh no, it says themes from movies can be heard in tracks 1, the main theme from Star Wars and Carbon Freeze, and 8, the Imperial March and the Force theme. 
which those are like parts of other tracks. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so I am really receptive to feedback, and and you have kind of uh, let me know that the rating systems that I have been using in the past are not necessarily the most intuitive things in the world, and that they maybe don't make quite as much sense, and that a traditional numbering system would probably be better uh for the audience and and probably so you know for the sake of consistency so i've developed a rating system uh it'll take a bit too long to get through for all three games i'm just going to kind of combine them into like one entity i sort of i feel like that's fair i mean they're all star wars games are on the nintendo 64 so they're basically the same thing uh so i've divided this into story uh graphics music gameplay and game feel and then each one of these has a different weight to it so for story, I mean, like, the Star Wars story is really what you come to Star Wars for, right? It's one of the yeah. greatest stories ever told, you know? Three-act structure, the hero's journey. So that's a weighted as a four, so I would give it a solid four out of four. Uh, graphics, I mean, it's a Nintendo 64, so I'm giving it one out of six. Because, uh, you know, graphics aren't everything. So it's it's not the highest. Um, music, it's Star Wars music. It's great, so I'm giving that a perfect 8 out of 8. Uh, because, you know, music sticks with me longer than graphics. So I kind of feel like, you know, I can go back and listen to a soundtrack at any time I want. I can't really just go look at the graphics of a game anytime I want. That's weird. So gra music's rated higher than graphics. Um, gameplay, you know, I had my issues in some of these games. So I, I would say that's like a, a 5 out of 10. Um and then last is game feel, and I think it's important that your game feels good. You know, you can you can have a gameplay in a game, but you know, what's gameplay if it doesn't feel good? Uh, and none of the gameplay feels good in any of these games. So that's getting a six out of twelve for a combined score of twenty-four out of forty-two for all three of the Star Wars games. Larry, what would you rate them? I don't care. That's it for this week. I I was just leaned back while you were doing your whole thing. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, do we have? That's unfortunate. I need to know how good my rating system is. We don't have anything on the docket for next week, do we? Uh probably more Odd World. Yeah, probably. I guess so. Yeah, maybe I'll finish Persona Two by then. I kind of doubt it. I don't know. You went at that first one like a maniac. Well, I'm kind of surprised I didn't get an update on Sopranos this week, by the way. I was expecting it. I didn't finish the first season yet. I'm like a couple episodes away. So well, I'm, um, I'm, almost, I'm almost there. So I probably think, next week. I think um, I should be able to probably sort of keep up pace with you like since I have a bit of a head start. Um, yeah. Because I've been watching like a couple episodes every night when I'm at work. And so I'm about mm -hmm. halfway through season four now. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. I'm going at it that's... a bit more slowly. I've had other stuff I've wanted to watch too, so I've yeah. kind of been all over the place. But I know, like, at some point you're going to just like sit down and watch a season in one day, and so <laughs> probably I'd... this is a pace that is uh, yeah. feasible for me. When I get my second vaccine shot and I feel as sick as I've ever felt in my life, I'll probably watch a lot of Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, like just in one sitting because I'll be incapacitated. Uh, yeah, it might be more Sopranos talk next week, probably. I think I'll probably be finished with that season by then. Um, That'll be good, because um, yeah. I watched the first two seasons so long ago that I don't remember <laughs> a whole lot about them. 
like season three I watched yeah. fairly recently, and of course now on four. But I, and you know what? Actually, I can tell you exactly when I watched the first two seasons because I know what I was doing at the time. Uh, it was summer of 2017. Because oh, that, because that was when the Stormblood expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen came out, <laughs> and be, I specifically remember uh, watching the show and then playing Stormblood. So Danny has been telling me that they've been working Gundam stuff into that game aggressively. What? There's like some mecha-looking enemy that does the Zeta Gundam pose. Huh. Uh, there is a new like weapon that's getting introduced to the game that's basically just the funnels. Okay. Huh. I and didn't apparently know. the the guy that does that game is like a self self professed like Gundam maniac. Oh, I know that. And so, but yeah, but I kind of wonder at this point if he just wants to be done with Final Fantasy and just wants to do a Gundam thing. Maybe like they did all that near stuff, and I haven't played any of that because I just haven't played mm. the game since that was added. Uh, but yeah. I am interested in it. Yeah. I, look. If it's enticing you to come back to it, apparently it is rife with Gundam at this point. Eh, not really. Which, uh, well, okay. Then. I just play it whenever I a tried. new expansion comes out, and I like play to the max and do some of the raids, and then that's it. Like I'll come back again for the dealer, next one. Like a drug dealer trying to get you back. I cut this cocaine with Gundam. <laughs> no. Don't you want to do a little bit of it? It's got little flakes of ABS plastic inside of it. Ooh. Mess your brain up real good. <laughs> Well, I think it'd be more a problem with the lungs, really, than anything. Yeah, both. That that shit gets everywhere, man. <laughs> okay. Get my uh, nose like, looking like Artie Lang's from all the Gundam plastic. Yeah, it's like sand. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable and gets everywhere. Uh, no, that's that's it for this week. Next week we'll have a bunch of other bullshit to talk about. Whatever. Who cares? Goodbye, dinosaurs. I almost forgot to say the second half of that. <laughs> Flowers and the birds and the trees I am an ape man I think I'm so educated And I'm so civilized Cause I'm a strict vegetarian But with the overpopulation And inflation and starvation And the crazy politicians I don't feel safe in this world no more I don't wanna die in a nuclear war I wanna sail away to a distant shore And make like an ape man